Um, honorable members, uh, we now have a quorum and uh, we can start. Uh, before we start our meeting, I would like to thank the committee for the inputs yesterday and congratulate the committee that we have taken the DNA bill to Parliament. Recording in progress. We sincerely will follow up on the President's office to ensure that uh, it is signed as soon as possible. I would like to congratulate the members. It has really been remarkable that we were united in supporting the bill. Um, then uh, for I think that this committee can only move forward with more speed, especially on the SAPS Amendment Bill and the IPIT Amendment Bill. Colleagues, you have seen how long it takes for um, these bills to come to the committee. Um, it has also shown that once it comes to the committee, we can uh, process it swiftly and take it to Parliament. Um, Honourable Deputy Minister, welcome to you. Welcome to the team from SAPS. Um, I have received apologies from the Minister and the National Commissioner. They are at the Cabinet retreat and uh, we've accepted their apology. Um, Honourable Members, before um, I, I continue, uh, could I um, listen to uh, Babalwa? Do we have a quorum? Good morning, Chair. Yes, we do have a quorum, Chair. Honourable Members, we can thus continue before we adopt the agenda and the minutes. Uh, welcome to all our stakeholders. Honourable Members, we have had to invite stakeholders today. Uh, some of them are unions. Uh, we welcome our union leaders and those who are stakeholders, you are also welcome. Um, Honourable Members, I have received uh, a number of complaints from Ms. Kinnear, uh, the the widow and wife of the late Charles Kinnear. The unfortunate part was that um, uh, Mrs. Kinnear has the perception that uh, the committee, or the, as led by the chairperson, or the chairperson in particular, is not doing enough for, um, uh, for her in particular. And uh, we are not doing enough as a committee to get to the bottom of the case of her, her late husband. I have, however, ensured Ms. Kinnear that we do receive monthly reports. The committee does receive uh, monthly reports. Uh, she has opted and she has also decided to send a second petition to the office of the speaker. Um, she was quite concerned that the committee has not dealt with her second petition. I indicated, and honourable members, I want to make it quite clear, that the second petition has not been referred to the committee uh, from the Speaker's office. Uh, petitions can only be uh, addressed or attended to by the committee once it is 
referred by the speaker's office to the committee. Uh, the next point which was of concern was that there was an IPAD report which was sent to the minister. I heard about this from Mrs. Kinnear and through the media. That report I, um, is with the minister. It is not with the committee. It is not with the chair. I indicated this to Ms. Kinnear personally. However, um, the, the, there doesn't seem to be an um, appreciation that reports are processed before they are sent to the committee and to the chairperson in particular. I also wish to um, categorically state that the committee has no power to be operational and functional and instruct the National Commissioner or SAPS when it comes to operational matters. When it comes to the uh, security of Mrs. Kinnear and her family, the committee has no power to instruct SAPS to offer her uh, and her family security. It is the responsibility of SAPS. Whenever we intervene as committee members, it will be perceived as a political influence and um, it will create problems for the chair and the committee. So please do not um, in, uh, 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 expect the chairperson to intervene in the matter of security. <clears throat> security is offered to members on, of the public after a risk assessment. A risk assessment is done regularly. So uh, uh, the risk assessment is not made public and it is not given to the committee. It is upon a risk assessment that a um, security outfit is dispatched. And if we insist that she receives um, the uh, security uh, contrary to the risk assessment, it uh, creates a serious problem for the chairperson and for the committee. Um, Honourable uh, uh, Deputy Minister, uh, uh, am I correcting that? Um, the National Commission is also not here today. It is also at um, the, the Cabinet retreat. Uh, Honourable Deputy Minister, is that a correct interpretation of what we have? Yeah, we, 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 we have uh, uh, General Vuma and General Chinga, the Deputy uh, National Commissioners are, are here. The, the minister uh, and the, the, co the commissioner are not uh, on the platform because of other commitments. Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you very much. Um, honorable members, uh, I will then now take the, um, the approval of the agenda. Uh, Nicolette or Pabawa, could you flight the agenda? Oh, Honorable Grunewald, you have your hand up. Morning, Chair. Can you hear me? Yes, Honourable Grunewald. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Chair, uh, can I just comment on what you have just said? And I think it's it's most important what you said is correct. People sometimes misunderstand uh, what we as committee uh, can do or cannot do. But I think we must appeal to the police that they must ensure that there's good communication with uh, Mrs. Uh, Kinnear so that she also understands exactly uh, what is going on. Uh, so I think 
for that matter, because this case is a long case, um, I do believe that uh, uh, when it comes to security and safety for herself, uh, that there can be uh, good reasons why she is worried. But uh, I think the committee must, and that we can uh, say to the police, that they must ensure that they are in close communication with Mrs. Kinnear so that we as a committee and USC on behalf of a, a committee don't uh, uh, have to uh, get all these uh, letters from Mrs. Kinnear. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank, thank you very much. Um, we have received a number of media inquiries about this and uh, we'll respond appropriately. Um, the adoption of the agenda Honourable Members, uh, today we will do the consideration of the minutes and uh, then we will do the uh, findings of SAPS, um, the Organisational Climate Survey, including issues of promotion and psychological support to members. The Honourable Whip has asked about this uh, consistently. The inputs will be by the unions and stakeholders on matters related to SAP's organizational climate survey, including issues of morale, promotions, and psychological support to members. Honorable members, uh, I have an indication that um, a number of the members will leave by 12 o'clock because we are in the house sitting today. We are also presenting uh, two reports to the National Assembly today. So if you do not complete by 12 o'clock, we will no longer have a quorum. Um, the, do I have a proposal for the adoption of the agenda? Chairperson, Honorable Siabi proposing. Siabi proposes adoption of the agenda. Do I have a seconder? Honorable Sorry, Chair. Sorry, yes. Chair. Before the continuation of the proposal and the seconder, Sapu here has raised the hand. Uh, Sapu, you do not have a, an opportunity to speak now. We are in committee. Um, we are dealing with the matters of the committee. The okay. public does not speak when we are um, doing our committee work. Okay. Um, Honorable Moss, you have raised your hand. Chairperson, I second it. Um, the agenda. Honorable Moss seconds the adoption of the agenda. Uh, the apologies. Uh, we have an apology from uh, Honorable Molekwa. Um, it, uh, she will also be leaving early. Uh, Honorable Marekwa, you have your hand up. Thank you, Chairperson and members and the GM on the platform. I would like to move for the adoption of the apologies as stated. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Marekwa. Do we have a seconder? Hickok seconds, Chair. Thank you. Uh, Honorable Meshe, you have your hand up. I gave Babalwa my apology. I'm attending the PC on international relations. I'm surprised she doesn't mention that. Uh, my apologies, Honorable Meshu. Uh, your apology is accepted. Members. <coughs> <coughs> Could we now go to the um, the minutes of the meeting? The minutes, the consideration of the last meeting, the minutes. 
Could we start with page one, please? Honorable members, could you please see if all the names of those attendees are correctly uh, captured? Honorable Shembeni, your name is here. Good morning, Honorable Shembeni. Good morning, General Tablanche. Morning, morning, Chairperson. Morning. Morning, Honorable Whitfield, thank you very much. We all spoke very well yesterday. Thank you to all the members. Um, Honorable Patrain, is she still on maternity leave? Babawa? Yes, Chair. Um, Honorable Majosi, is she still on maternity leave? Yes, Chair. Thank you. Um, you can go to the next page. Good morning, Lieutenant General Labia, Vuma, Nzinga, all our uh, Deputy National Commissioners. Welcome. Um, any objections, corrections? Page four, page five. The committee deliberations, uh, page six. Thank you very much, honorable members. Um, that brings us to the end of the minutes. Do you have a proposal for the adoption of the minutes? Good honorable morning, Chair. I propose. Honourable proposes adoption of the minutes. Do I have a seconder? Second, that chair. Thank you. The honourable whip seconds the adoption of the minutes. Um, honourable members, we'll now start with the deliberations on um, the matter for the day. Uh, today's meeting as morale is very important as morale is very important to good security sector governance we can note the importance of this um, it is very crucial for oversight and um, we do understand that there's a lot of interest and we welcome all those members of the public who are part of the meeting um, honorable deputy minister uh, do you have any input on this um, could you start? Thank you. Thank you, Chair, and uh, good morning to you. Good morning to uh, to members. Uh, the leadership of the South African police uh, led here by General Fuma and uh, General uh, uh, Livia and Jinga. It's an honor and a privilege for me to be part of the delegation that is uh, going to interact with the committee with regard to the climate survey which was conducted by the South African police after an instruction was issued by the National Commissioner that uh, we need to look at the state of our members and their readiness to do their work. Uh, that survey was done and concluded and presented to us. We are here to present to the committee uh, what we are going to do about it, uh, because we believe it will help us to understand the state of affairs 
within the organization and how we should respond to those challenges to ensure that uh, the morale of our members uh, is in the right space for them to can execute their constitutional mandate of ensuring that uh, they keep the country safe and ensure that the law is uh, observed to the latter. I should also join you, Chair, to congratulate and thank members of the committee for the support that they gave with regard to the amendment bill yesterday. We really appreciate that and we want to commit to you and to the members present here that we will make sure that uh, as soon as the, the, the president has assented to the, to the bill and it becomes an act, we will not be found wanting as the leadership of the South African police in this regard. We will do our best to ensure that it is implemented, but not only this act, but all the relevant decisions that the committee have taken ever since we appeared before it, we, we will respond appropriately. But thank you once more for that support. The delegation that I have chaired today, if you may allow, it's led by General Voma. If you can allow, we can ask her to ask her, her team to lead us in the presentation of what we have prepared for the committee through your chairperson, General Voma. Um, um, my apologies. Good morning, General Vuma. Before you do start, members of the committee, we would like to especially thank the Deputy Minister for the role he played in assisting us with passing the bill, uh, the amendment bill. The Deputy Minister led us uh, with extreme diligence, professionalism, and extreme uh, uh, understanding we appreciate your contribution, Honorable Deputy Minister. Uh, the Civilian Secretariat is also present here. I would like to thank the executive and uh, the uh, team of the Civilian Secretariat, Secretariat for the work they have done. Uh, General Vuma, you may start now. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. A very good morning to you and to all honorable members, uh, to our deputy minister of police, uh, Minister Kassel Matale, a very good morning to you, sir. Uh, let me also take the opportunity to welcome all labor organizations that are in attendance, uh, General Libya and General Njinga. Uh, in order to save time, uh, honorable chairperson, as you rightfully alluded to the fact that most of the members have got other commitment immediately after 12. I will not uh, dwell in the introduction of all other generals who are in attendance, but we have a full house in attendance uh, as always in, in this meeting. The presentation today as the deputy minister, minister has already introduced it, is going to be led by uh, Lieutenant General Nsia uh, the Human Resource Management Divisional Commissioner. We are going to request General Nzia to lead us in the presentation without any waste of time. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much, General Vuma. Uh, General Nzia, could you please be brief? Um, as you uh, um, have uh, understood, uh, we are not, we have received the presentations. 
So please do not read every uh, word that has been said here. Uh, we would like you to really allow us for inputs and questions. So please, um, just if you could summarize the presentation, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, may I get an indication if I should switch my video on, Chair? Uh, uh, if you could just switch your video on so that we could see you and then you could switch it off again. Thank you okay. very much. Beautiful. You're looking very beautiful, General. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. You may and stop. Good morning. good morning to you, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, the Deputy Minister of Police, uh, Mr. Kassan Matale, uh, the leadership of the SAPS, uh, the leadership of the unions present in this session, and the acting head of Civilian Secretariat and the colleagues from his office. Uh, Chairperson, let me appreciate this opportunity given to the SAPS to present our response as well as our plan to the findings and recommendations that came from the research that was conducted in 2021. The presentation chair, as you might have seen it, uh, it will outline some of the interventions that we have already put in place as the SAPS in trying to address some of the issues raised in the report. And at the same time, we'll also be sharing with the committee our plans moving forward in terms of, you know, uh, addressing those issues. I must state from the onset, Chairperson, that uh, the well-being of our employees remains a priority in the SAPS. And as the SAPS, we'll endeavor to do whatever possible to give our, to put our members first and to make sure that they remain positive and they have been supported in achieving their mandates. We'll work together with the stakeholders that are relevant uh, to the organization. Uh, in terms of the outline of the presentation, Chairperson, the introduction will just touch briefly in terms of the findings of the researchers. And we'll, I'll also be touching on the issues of the career pathing and career development as they were raised in the research. Uh, the promotion policy, the recruitment policy, retention policy, retirement strategy, subs resources, morale of subs members, uh, EHW, uh, what the EHW is doing in the organization, corporate communication, recognition at work and rewards, job satisfaction. And the committee did request that we need to provide additional information uh, pertaining to the issues of suicides and femicides. It is contained in this report. We'll also be touching on the issues of payment of overtime, support from legal services. And we also request the chairperson by your office that we need to draft an implementation plan uh, which is also attached to this report, then we'll conclude our presentation. Um, in terms of the introduction, the organizational climate survey was conducted during 2021, and they recommended the following key issues. They recommended that the SAPS should review its current career pathing, career development and promotion policy, and benchmark on the best practices from sister departments, such as the South African National Defense Force and even abroad. They further recommended that the organization should strengthen its recruitment, retention, and retirement strategies with clear policy directives. Uh, the researchers also recommended that the organization should provide adequate resources to all business units and police stations with more emphasis on the previously disadvantaged rural provinces to boost the morale of the members, to also support and capacitate the employee health and wellness and to adequately fund all the EHW programs. And the study also recommended that the SAPS top management must review the following strategies, the communication strategy, recognition at work, job satisfaction, feedback mechanism, rewards, benefits, and lack of promotions and opportunities in the SAPS. 
Then starting with the first one, a chairperson that is talking to the issues of career pathing as well as career development, we are saying a career path is a sequence of job uh, positions linked to an occupation and occupational group included on an organizational structure through which employees can move during the course of their careers. It maps out potential roles, experience, knowledge required for each job and career opportunity which employees use to map out their careers, including short and long-term goals. Career paths traditionally go from entry level to managerial level within a functional area, but not all career growth is vertical. It can also allow employees to move laterally or cross-functionally as well. Therefore, we're saying the career path should not be too narrow. Uh, Career mobility of employees is limited to the kind of work performed and the requisite skill the employee has versus that of the job requirements the person wants to occupy. Career path in the SAPS is largely guided by the jobs employees perform in terms of their different acts of appointments, either the Public Service Act or the Police Act. Then we are also saying, uh, uh, Chairperson, that uh, the GPSA, based on the inputs from all the departments, including SAPS, they are in the process of finalizing the Public Service Occupational Dictionary, which will indicate all occupations and occupational groups within government. It will also indicate the minimum qualifications and years of experience generally required for occupying jobs within occupational groups. This information will be used to inform career path within the departments, and it will also serve as the baseline for the compilation of the SAPS career path framework. So as soon as this dictionary is uh, compiled and finalized chairperson, uh, SAPS will be able to conclude the career path framework. I must also indicate, Chair, that work has already started in terms of what we are supposed to do. Chair, we'll see in the implementation plan that the two divisions, uh, HRM, HRD, as well as a component organizational development, they do have a role to play in terms of career pathing as well as career development. The review will have no additional cost implication as it does not increase the number of jobs and career opportunities for employees. It should accurately reflect existing organizational jobs and career opportunities available to the employees. In as far as career development is concerned, chairperson, there's a lot that the Division Human Resource Management Development is doing, and it is contained in their strategy of 2020 to 2025, where they defined the necessary critical strategic interventions and the inputs, outputs, outcomes, and to some extent, the indicators for the SAPS. The following are the focus areas with regard to progress made since the implementation of the strategy in 2020. In terms of qualification and skills programs, uh, the occupational certificate on for NQF level six, uh, for commissioned officer and occupational certificate NQF level six are in the final stages of registration uh, at the South African Qualifications Authority. And secondly, alignment of the skills program on NQF level five, the national certificate in policing to occupational certificate non-commissioned officers, uh, it was submitted to SACIDA for approval. So there's some work that is being done there by the Division Human Resource Development. And uh, the next slide, in terms of the uh, Further on, in terms of the career development, the free learning programs were developed and implemented, uh, Chairperson, and the Family Violence, Child Protection, and Sexual Offenses Learning Program, Endangered Species Learning Program, Executive Development Learning Program, Junior Management Learning Program, Strategic Management, Discipline Management, Introductory Basic Policing Learning Program, Vulnerable Groups, Training on 10 one Officials, uh, designated firearm officer course, firearm investigation officer course, stock theft, learning program, and transnational crime, uh, vehicle crime investigation. 
Further on, in terms of skills development, the Division Human Resource Development is responsible for skills development within the SAPS to ensure that employees are trained in their careers to perform their required duties. In order for this to take place, the plans are compiled based on the needs extractions for, for organizational development on an annual basis in line with the strategic objectives of the organization. The extraction of this needs leads to the development of the TPP, that is the Training Provision Plan and the Workplace Skills Plan, and training in the SAPS is then implemented according to the plan. I must also indicate here that budget is allocated uh, for the training provision in plan of the organization, and this is happening every year. Then uh, still on the career development, there were uh, various uh, developmental opportunities that were created in the SAPS during uh, from the 1st of April 2019 to the 31st of March 2022 and are categorized as follows. Uh, for crime prevention, there were 59,527 members that were trained and 59,482 were certified competent or were declared competent. Crimes against women and children, 13,952 members were trained and 13 1,918 were declared competent. Uh, crime investigations, 17,232 employees were trained and 17,065 were declared competent. POP, 12,604 were trained and 12,950 were declared competent. Forensic science investigations, 5,557 employees were trained and 5,455 were declared competent. Crime intelligence, 1581 employees were trained and 1572 were declared competent. Uh, for cybercrime, 1499 employees were trained and 1496 were declared competent. Management and leadership, 16110 employees were trained and all of them were declared competent. Support and generic development, 19,949 employees were trained and 19,688 were declared competent. And international development, 285 were trained and all of them were declared competent, as well as the discipline management process. 560 uh, employees were trained and declared competent during 2021-2022 financial year. And further on, Chairperson, um, there is a new training provision plan for the current financial year, which was approved on the 3rd of March and is being implemented. And uh, this TPP will create an opportunity for the development of 45,876 employees in various learning areas by the end of this financial year. We are also offering bursary schemes, uh, chairperson internally in the organization. And for the academic year, 2020 uh, uh, academic year, uh, we had 475 employees that received bursaries. These were the uh, employees that were continuing. They were coming from the previous financial aid. They, they were continuing with their studies. And there were new ones that were offered new bursaries, 289. And for that academic year of 2020, 764 employees, 764 employees were awarded bursaries. Then in terms of the academic year 2021 chairperson, 377 uh, bursary holders that were also continuing with their studies were offered bursaries. And in addition to that, 291 were offered bursaries and in total 668 uh, uh, received bursaries in the academic year 2021. And uh, in terms of mentoring and coaching of interns, uh, we are one of the 12 government departments identified by DPSA chairperson 
to participate in the casual recruitment scheme uh, pilot project. And this creates a development opportunity for employees to mentor and coach, as well as supervise unemployed graduates and student interns during the duration of the internship program. Between the year 2020 and 2022, 2,576 interns were placed, which were required to be mentored and coached. And SAPS also implements career development through SACITA funded skills program, artisanship, leadership, as well as bazaaris. As I've indicated, there's a lot that is going through the space of career development, a chairperson, and we are prepared uh, to do more in terms of developing our members. The next slide, in terms of uh, promotion policy, we are saying chairperson that uh, we are currently, uh, I'm sure the only department that still has mass promotion and promotes a large number of employees on an annual basis. And our promotions are regulated by our SAPS employment regulations of 2018, the public service regulation, uh, the triple SBC agreement three of 2011, national instruction three of 2015, uh, SBC agreement three of 2018, the PSCBC resolution three of 2009 covering the public service act employees, national instruction 11 of 2017. And we are having uh, different categories of promotions. We have a great progression, uh, which is targeting our constables up to the level of warrant officer, non-commissioned officers. And post-promotions here, we are targeting mainly our commissioned officers, but it also includes the lower level, but it goes up to the level of a kennel. Then the senior management service um, up to the level of lieutenant general here, we it's, it's a competitive process where we advertise posts either internally or externally. Then promotions to captions and higher ranks are subject to an advertisement and selection process. Uh, up to a non-commissioned officer chairperson, as I've indicated, great progression as well as post-promotions, but from warrant, from captains and commissioned officers, we do advertise posts internally and to allow members to compete for the process. And promotions and credit progression are also subject to availability of funds. Then we are just giving an indication, Chairperson, in this slide that from 2018 to 2022, a total number of 60,382 number of employees were promoted or were credit progress. We used to have a backlog chair, and um, currently our backlog is sitting at 8,607. And this is what we are saying in the next slide, that 8,607 credit progressions are planned for this current financial year, where we'll be dealing with the backlog. And we and this one, the funds have already been made available by the CFO to uh, create progress 8,607 of our employees. And 5,000 post-promotion posts are planned for this current financial year, chairperson as well, where we'll also be advertising for our members to participate in the process. And we're also giving an indication chair there that the credit progression does not increase the number of the establishment, uh, but it uh, is a form of boosting the morale and retention of employees because we promote them where they are, we give them a rank where they are, and these are non-commissioned officers. The current promotion and credit progression policy is already under review at the SSBC. We are saying chairperson, and we will be working with our stakeholders. You will see in the implementation plan where we are saying, we need to go back to the council and to discuss the new or to come up with the new promotion policy or the credit progression. So this one, we are agreeing with the researchers to say we will be going back to the council and to finalize our promotion policy. In as far as the recruitment is concerned, which is the, on the next slide, recruitment in the SAPS is also regulated by different policies and national instructions and regulations. And we're having different streams of recruitment. We recruit at entry level. 
uh, we recruit laterally where we even uh, hire people on a higher level with critical skills uh, like pilots, the artisans, the forensic analysts, the auditors. Uh, we also having the senior management service uh, where we also appoint people either from outside or internally. We held a recruitment in Daba Chairperson in 2019 uh, to review the current recruitment practices and strengthen the process to improve the quality of new police officers as well as to address the issues of allegations of corruption in the recruitment practices. We are currently a chairperson in the stage of implementing uh, the resolutions that came out of the recruitment in Daba. And some of them, chairperson um, of the resolutions from the recruitment in Daba was the introduction of the three streams of recruitment, uh, which is the entry-level recruitment, uh, the graduate program where we recruit to people with you know a, 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 a NPF level six qualifications. We also have a stream where we are also uh, trying to recruit our reservists to make them uh, permanent uh, members in the organization. And I must indicate, Chair, that the three streams have already been implemented. Um, we have you know entry level ten thousand that is currently at the college. We are busy with the graduate recruitment now, and the reservists are some of them are already at the college. A total of 10,000, as I've indicated, chair, new police officers will be enlisted in this current financial year. And 9,800, they're already at the college and 200 were busy with the process. This are the BSc graduates and will be concluding uh, the, pro the process during the month of June and July of this current financial year. We are also in the process, chairperson, of advertising 5,000 posts for new police officers. And these ones will be enlisted in 2023-2024 financial year. The advert will be circulated in June. Uh, we are already in June. Uh, anytime the, the advert will be circulated, Chairperson. In terms of the retention policy, the next slide, it was approved by the National Commissioner in 2017, Chairperson. And the employee retention is about seeking and retaining people with the right competencies for the right job at the right time. It requires a management approach that takes all factors, both inside and outside the SAPS, into account. And it is linked to HRM practices. The staff retention policy refers to a process that systematically closes the gap between the talent subsets and the talent it needs to successfully achieve its organizational goals. The subs also practice a counter-offer system in the event that employees with scarce skills and critical skills are offered higher salaries in other departments of private sectors. And normally we do give them counter offers to retain their services in the SAPS. And you are also paying a scarce skills allowance to certain scarce skills and critical skills categories, such as the special task force, the pilots, the forensic analysts, to make sure that we don't lose, lose these critical skills. The next slide is talking to the retirement strategy chairperson. We do have a, the strategy is in a draft. Uh, but it's, it's going to be presented to the BOC, then it will be signed off by the National Commissioner. And this strategy aims at empowering employees who are due to retire through programs offered by EHW in partnership with corporate partners. Our target group here, Chairperson, is our employees that are 55 years and above uh, that are about to retire. And we are offering them the following uh, um, uh, services or the following programs, the basic financial management program. We, we prepare them psychologically for retirement, um, lifestyle adjustments at retirement, estate management and wills. In addition to that, we do have conduct information sessions uh, nationally and provincially in partnership with Government Employees Pension Fund to educate employees about pension benefits, beneficiary nomination forms, the impact of divorce on pension benefits, benefits in administration. And the GPF prescribes the benefits of public servants, including police employees in the event of their retirement. 
in the event of them being medically unfit or being bothered, in the event that they die, in the event that they resign from the police or they're discharged from the police. And we're also saying there, Chairperson, that in terms of the SUBS Act, uh, the retirement age of uh, uh, Police Act employees is 60 and Public Service Act employees is 65. Then further on in terms of the retirement strategy, you can move to the next slide. Um, we have uh, conducted a pre-retirement program uh, to all our social workers, chairperson, where we're preparing them to be able to roll out, you know, the retirement strategy uh, nationally. We have trained 141 of our 208 social workers and to prepare them uh, for them to be able to, to give this support to our members that are going to retire. And uh, there's also a program in place that is conducted by APSA for retirement that covers financial management information for retirement. Below there, Chairperson, you are just giving the statistics in terms of uh, this program, how many members it has touched uh, from the financial aid 2018 to 2019. The APSA pre-retirement program, we covered 1,027 employees. 2019-2020, we covered 2,407 employees. 2020-2021, we covered 105 21, 22, we covered 568, and in total, we covered 4,107. Then on the pre-retirement program, the total that we have covered is 1,981 employees. The next slide, in as far as the resources are concerned, a chairperson, uh, we are saying we do offer or we do issue uh, adequate resources to our employees. We do uh, issue them with uniform. Uh, it is issued against their clothing credit. Uh, we give them the bullet-resistant vest, the, the firearm ammunition, and we do also uh, purchase vehicles from time to time, uh, uh, vehicles that are suiting the criteria of the specific terrain. And where necessary, uh, our members have been provided with transport between residence and work. And we also give them the protect personal protective equipment. And uh, further on, in terms of the SAPS resources, we're saying in order to create a health and safety and safe environment, the following activities are implemented to accommodate subs employees living with disability. Um, we are having ramps, rails, and toilets, lowered community service centers, counters are being installed at all police stations. And for this financial year, 24 police stations are planned where we are going to make sure that our police stations are accessible to people living with disability. And uh, improved ventilation creates a healthy and comfortable environment at police station by means of the installation of air conditioners. And a total number of 168 police stations are earmarked for the installation in the current financial year. Security upgrades are also planned, which include security fences, walls, lighting, CSC bulletproof counters at police stations, and 71 police stations are earmarked for completion in the current financial year, and conducting safety, health, and environment inspections to evaluate safety compliance and implement actions to mitigate the health and safety risk. Planned maintenance projects for repairs and renovations to improve the conditions of building, the installation of water tanks, boreholes where necessary, especially at police stations in rural areas with water sausages. Next slide. Um, in as far as the IT uh, issues are concerned, uh, Chairperson, um, for um, in order to enable effective and efficient policing, the following initiatives are in progress from 2021 to 22 until 24-25. The upgrading of the network infrastructure and bandwidth capacity, installation of closed circuit television and access control, replacement of outdated end user equipment, upgrade of radio communication infrastructure, 
deployment of internet protocols, telephony, and upgrading of the subs uh, hosting data storage. In order to enable effective and efficient policing, the following ICT... My, my, my apologies, General Nsinga. You have 46 slides. Yes, Chairperson. Please do not read every line. I'm going to end your presentation so that we have the stakeholders' presentations and we still need discussions. Okay, sure. Please, Thank you, you, you have 46 slides, it's too many. And you cannot read every word. I asked you this when we started the presentation. Please. Thank you, Chair. Thank, Thank you, you, Chair. My apology. I'll try to be quicker, Chairperson. In terms of this slide, uh, Chairperson, um, um, IT or uh, TMS is also highlighting some of their planned activities in terms of, you know, improving the IT um, in the environment and uh, the utilization of technology, uh, access to policing systems and information. And they'll also be uh, dealing with the digitally enabled back office processes uh, like the e-recruitment, the itinerary, the e-learning uh, as well, Chairperson. We can move to the next slide. Um, this is also a Chairperson additional information in terms of what um, TMS is also planning to do in, that in those financial years, starting from 2021, 2022, up until 2024, 2025. And I'm not going to read them, Chairperson. Um, they have been listed there in the interest of time. Then slide number 23, Chairperson, the issues of morale of members. And we're saying over a number of years, SAPS has been losing members based on different reasons, such as retirement, resignation, and death. And the next slide is just reflecting um, uh, our replacement versus our losses. We are just giving a reflection of um, over a number of years, we have been losing uh, lots of members and uh, we have not been you know, enlisting, you know, um, as per what we have been losing. And, but we know currently that we are busy with the 10,000 and we believe that the 10,000 that we have started with in this current financial year, it will assist us in terms of going back to where we want to see ourselves in as far as our establishment is concerned. Slide number 25, Chairperson, here we are just indicating uh, the EHW services to indicate that we do have professionals within our EHW. We have psychologists, we have social workers, we have occupational health uh, practitioners and chaplains, and they are available 24 hours to all our employees, and they also render uh, services or they offer their services to the family members. We are also indicating, Chairperson, as it was said in the research, that uh, we need to capacitate our EHW and we admit that we don't have enough. There are only 621 nationally and they're supposed to give support to at least 180,000 members and this number is not enough and we'll try to uh, increase this number. And we're also indicating that our professionals are registered with their respective professional bodies and they're also required to acquire the CPD points. Slide number 26, next slide. Here we are indicating, Chairperson, that our EHW is offering proactive and reactive interventions in the organization. And you are also saying we are relying on the self-referral uh, of members where they offer when they go and approach an EHW professional. We are also relying on their supervisors to formally refer them. And we are also uh, saying we do have mandatory uh, debriefings and we are saying we also offer ref uh, referrals. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are expecting referrals from the colleagues, friends and family members of our, 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 our employees. So moving to, and we're also indicating, Chairperson, that all the EHW interventions have been funded uh, from the Division Human Resource Management budget. Uh, 
Then the next slide, Chairperson, is just giving a reflection of you know, the interventions that we have conducted uh, in those financial years and the number of programs that were offered and the number of employees that attended those interventions. We can skip. Then moving to slide number 28, it was mentioned uh, in the research, Chairperson, that we need to improve our communication. And communication here is indicating, a Chairperson, that yes, they will improve. There's a lot that they're doing in terms of communication, and they'll also be uh, enhancing their interventions in terms of making sure that uh, communication even uh, goes down to the lowest uh, level of this organization. And they're also highlighting the fact that with the vacancies that they're having, uh, will be able to uh, to cater for them in this current financial year. The next slide is talking to the recognition at work and the rewards. We are indicating that um, we do have you know uh, reward systems in the SAPS. We do have those directives that we have listed there, and we do recognize our members in terms of those rewards. And the next slide, Chairperson, will give. Oh no, still on this slide, Chairperson, we are just indicating that. From 2018 to 2022, a total number of 83,522 employees received recognition in the SAPS. That constitutes 47% of our of the SAPS. Then in as far as job satisfaction is concerned, here we're highlighting some of the allowances that have been given to our employees. Uh, allowances such as the medical aid allowance, we offer high pension fund contribution, there's overtime allowance, there's night shift allowance, salary increases and gift progression. And we're also indicating that the uniform allowance, it was reviewed in 2018 and is only applicable to Police Act members. Service allowance is currently under discussion at the SSDC and is also subject to affordability housing allowance. This one is, we are directed by the Department of Public Service and Administration in consultation with the PSCBC. Then the next slide, Chairperson, it talks to the additional information that was required by the committee in terms of the suicides and the femicides. And we're highlighting the proactive uh, interventions and the reactive interventions that we are offering internally in the organization in trying to give support uh, to our employees. And um, the next slide is highlighting the number of suicides that um, we had in the financial year from 2019 to 2022. And 2019-2020 uh, individual suicides, there were 33 homicides, there were 12. 2020-2021 individuals, there were 30. And suicide, homicides, there were 10 and 2021, 39, and 16 homicides and suicides. Then payment of, of overtime, Chairperson. Um, in, in this one, Chairperson, in the next slide, we're indicating that uh, the division uh, management, uh, financial management services uh, only capture the claims exceeding 30%, but most of the capturing is being decentralized. It's taking place at provinces to make sure that capturing is done promptly. And we are saying currently uh, we don't have any backlog of overtime. Perhaps at the time of the study there were some you know, concerns, but now we don't have any backlog currently in as far as the capturing of overtime is concerned. And there is a budget allocated uh, for those financial years in terms of overtime. And the baseline allocation for 2022-23 financial year is 704 and uh, there will be 100% spending and the capturing will make sure that the capturing is done on time. Then in as far as legal services is concerned, on slide number five, Chairperson, uh, uh, legal services, legal representation at state courts is provided to subs members in criminal matters or at inquiries. And here we're indicating uh, the process that must be followed. And this process is regulated by National Instruction 1 of 2017. 
And we are also saying, Chairperson, perhaps uh, we have not yet communicated enough and legal services, they have committed that they will make sure that they send communication out to remind our members in terms of what is sitting in the national instruction in as far as members receiving uh, the legal uh, support when they are being charged or when they are being criminally charged. Then what follows Chairperson? Chairperson will direct me if I should go through the slides. Is the implementation plan Chairperson? Uh, with the clear timelines and the actions that are required and the responsible people in terms of all those issues that we are planning to do as the ACPS to, trust, to, to address some of the issues that we raised in the climate survey. So I'll take direction from you, Chairperson, if I should go through the implementation plan or if I should pause here, Chair. Uh, thank you very much. You can pause here. Uh, thank you very much. Um, Honorable Deputy Minister, uh, General Vuma and General Nsinga, could we please convey the uh, following message and take the following decisions? Number one, all the slides from SAPs and the stakeholders should be made public. Um, as the chairperson and the members would also have an opportunity to comment on this, um, the chairperson is concerned that the Organizational Climate Survey, the SAPS Members Morale 2021 survey, has not been made public. Um, it is very difficult for us to follow the presentation because we do not have the survey. Um, when you do presentations, I would like you to present the actual findings of the survey so that your presentation is in the context within the context of the content of the study uh, the public needs to know the true picture of what is happening and for to enable us to have a clear picture we need the actual organizational climate survey um, I, I really would like to make that comment and would like you to to take heed of that um, I'll also prepare a letter to the Minister to request that the Organisational Climate Survey be made public. Um, the next item would be the presentations by our stakeholders. Uh, Honourable Members, a concern has been raised uh, about the participation of certain stakeholders. I'll make it very clear to you that uh, some unions are recognized as unions, others are recognized as stakeholders, uh, but the committee has to consider the requests by all stakeholders to do presentations in the committee. Uh, with these presentations, we are not doing uh, um, public consultations, but we are simply looking at the um, the stakeholder presentation, uh, stakeholder presentations, and um, what their concerns are. So, if you have problems with the participation of recording stopped stakeholders, uh, kindly please note that um, recording in progress. That uh, kindly please note that these groups that have been requested to do presentations are groups who have written to the committee and in response to their, um, uh, uh, their communication to the committee, we have allowed them to participate 
in the meeting. Um, I have a message from um, Honorable Sheikh Imam. He has to also leave uh, to join the Chief Whips meeting. You are recognized as such and you can do so. I'm going to take the presentations in the following order. Um, Babawa, could you flight the presentations? I'll first take Pop Crew, then Sapu, and then Ipusa. Uh, do we have the presentation of Pop Crew? Uh, could you introduce yourself and the delegation who is with you, uh, President and uh, the leadership of Pop Crew? Could you kindly please introduce yourself before you do the presentation? Well, thanks uh, very much, Chairperson. Uh, uh, the delegation from Pop Crew today is led by, by myself, the second deputy general secretary, Mosadiwa Maje Mokokong. My apologies. Could you please show us your beautiful face? Oh, the video. Sorry, sorry, Chair. Yes, no, no, you don't have to keep it on, but <coughs> we need to recognize your beautiful face. Thank you very okay. much. Okay. Yes. That's my face, Chair. Yes. Thank you very Can much. Can I switch it off? Yes. Okay. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, Chair, uh, the greetings to you, Chairperson, the committee members, the Deputy Minister, SAPS Management, and the uh, uh, colleagues from SAPU and other stakeholders, uh, Chairperson. Chairperson, uh, also as Popru, just to thank you for inviting us, Chair, because we believe that also our presentation, Chair, to this meeting will also assist the committee to have a clear picture in terms of what is happening in the South African Police Service, Chairperson. But because, Chair, we don't want to take much of your time, we've heard you when you say we should at least try to be brief in what we are going to do this morning, Chair. Let me quickly uh, introduce my team, Chair. To this morning, I'm joined by the head of uh, the, the, the bargaining unit, which is uh, Stoki, Mr. Stokinguenya and the Triple SBC coordinator, Mr. Mbele, and uh, also uh, Tepo, who's also the portfolio, the, the parliamentary officer, and uh, Trifina, who's a senior researcher. These are the people, Chair, who will assist me in whatever way, Chair, when uh, the community will want to get some clarity from our presentation or any questions that might be posed to us, Chair. But let me allow Ms. Trifina to assist us in terms of the presentation that we are going to do this morning to the committee. It's a, just a summarized version, Chair, of what we have submitted to you. It's a 22 slides, but don't worry. We will try to brief in our to be brief in our presentation, Chair. Thanks very much, Chairperson. Can you continue? You may continue. Could we have these slides, please?
Um, good morning, Honorable Chair, um, Honorable Members of Parliament um, and the Deputy Minister and um, colleagues present in this meeting. I'm going to take you through um, the presentation um, structured as follows. Our first uh, point is going to be on the promotion and um, rate progression. Um, as Pop Crew, we, uh, we, we would like to indicate that on the 28th of September 2011, the subs and organized labor through the SSSBC engagements developed and agreed on a promotion and grade progression policy to regulate upward mobility of personnel which is um, included in Agreement 2 and 3 of 2011. This agreement is aimed at promoting employees from one post to another and great progress them accordingly. This was, however, this was a progressive collective agreement that could have made our members more dedicated to their work, whilst also uplifting their, their morale on the other hand. Unfortunately, since this agreement came into effect on 1st April 2013, its prescripts were never fully implemented, resulting in a backlog on upward mobility, in particular for constables, sergeants, and warrant officers. These officers remained stagnant for 11 to 13 years before considered for promotion. This has been a grave concern to us as pop crew. We therefore submit that Agreement 2 of 2011 must be fully implemented to eliminate upward um, mobility. My apologies. my apologies, ma'am. Um, uh, are your slides moving? Come again, come again, Honorable Chair. Your, sli your slides, are you speaking to slides or are you still by your first slide? I'm speaking to slides. Are they not showing on your side? I'm only still by slide one. Oh. My apologies on that. Let me let's let let me quickly try and correct it. Is slide six showing? Yes, you may continue. Okay. Thank you. We therefore submit that Agreement 2 of 2011 must be fully implemented to eliminate about mobility backlog and further ensure that our members are duly promoted and grade progressed. This will resolve the challenge presented by the majority of participants who indicated that they have been on the same rank for a period of more than 10 years and above as depicted in Figure 6 of the survey. Another agreement that created chaos and a huge negative impact on our members' morale is Agreement 3 of 2018, as the employer only implemented Clause 3.1. This agreement was dealing with job evaluation and grading of entry-level posts in SAPS. However, SAPS only promoted all officers in constables level from other units to level of warrant officers, except the technical team, the technical response team. It must be noted, Honorable Chair, that proper implementation of this agreement could have added a significant value on members' career development and uplift, upliftment of their morale thereof. The second point that we'd like to talk to is on health and um, awareness programs. Our members in SAPS, especially those deployed to horrific crime scenes, find Recording themselves in perpetual agony that unfortunately affect their lives and that of their families. Pop crew understand that there is a program that was initiated precisely to help employees to be able to deal with these horrific crime scenes they are exposed to. 
which amongst others include, but not limited to briefing and debriefing sessions and counseling. It is, however, not worthy to indicate that the mentioned sessions are not helpful to support police officers to deal with trauma encountered during horrific crime scenes. This is attested by the fact that 64.48% of members agreed that they do not that they do access these services and 43.17 agreed that they actually utilize them. However, psychological challenge among members remains rife, which suggests that there is still a challenge of efficiency with um, the provided wellness services. It is um, also unfortunate that the survey did not probe much on the effectiveness of these services. Um, empirical evidence could have added more value on this challenge. One other critical challenge is on police suicide, which is directly linked to the poor morale within the SAPS, um, with an alarming rate of uh, of um, alarming rate of sixty seven percent, as um, reported by the minister in on the twenty fifth of March in twenty twenty two. This disturbing challenge has regrettably worsened the. Uh, to include femicide, as it has been reported that numerous members have taken both their lives and that of their partners, which is quite unfortunate. This unfortunate and regrettable incident affirm that the wellness programs and other programs introduced to help in mitigating these incidents have not been effective. There is therefore a dire need to review them and employ well-experienced professionals so that these services can have a positive impact on our members. We are in actual fact dismayed that the SAPS is currently using spiritual services to perform this critical function. A lack of relevant professionals in this program compels our members to go and acquire expensive professional services from private practitioners, whilst others opt to take their own lives due to lack of psychological support. Based on this deliberate negligence of our members' Recording psychological, in progress. psychological being, we then submit that if the SAPS cannot employ the required professionals to provide psychological support to our members, it must from now on in care costs paid by, by members who consult privately for these services. Moreover, Honorable Chair, we submit that confidentiality of these services must be um, carefully looked at, taking into consideration that 34.70 of members who, in, who indicated that informa information um, from these programs is not treated with confidentiality. The third um, point that we'd like to talk to is on compensation package. It is evident that the remuneration or compensation package are a direct cause of forever demoralized personnel within the SAPS. Despite the macro salaries they earn, our members would still be expected to work uncomfortable hours and not be fairly remunerated or payment be unreasonably delayed in some instances. This occurs mostly when members are deployed to quell sporadic public unrest like the ones experienced last year in Gauteng and KwaZulu-Natal. The same can deplorably be said with regard to the danger allowance, which has since been set to 400 rands since 2001. We submit that this allowance be increased to 1.5 and be paid retrospectively from 2020 with annual increment based on the CPI moving forward. 
Additionally, on allowances, we are of the view that uniform and clothing allowance for both uniform and non-uniform members, which is an integral, integral component of the remuneration package, must be reviewed. We therefore propose that the current 1.6 uniform and clothing allowance be increased to at least 3,000 rands for both uniform and non-uniform members, which is a bit more reasonable as opposed to what is currently being offered. Over and above the current challenges faced by SAPS members and fellow public servants, what then became the last straw was when the government re re renegaged on a general public service ag wage agreement, which our members saw themselves going for three consecutive years without increment on cost of living adjustment. This had negative impact on the morale of our members and the entire workforce within SAPS. To make matters worse, our members even find it more difficult to purchase houses for their families. Hence, the report revealed that some of our members live in informal settlements, renting, property, renting properties and some staying with their parents as outlined on page 53 of, of, of the report. This is the most unfortunate reality confronting our members, Honorable Chair. These members are working tirelessly in ensuring that South Africa is a safer and safer place for all the inhabitants. A more critical concern is the fact that majority of the participants, which are 54.49, indicated that they are not satisfied with their salaries. It is really regrettable that SAPS employees continue living a life of being grateful when they survive a day. More so when the head office is top heavy with high ranking officers who are literally idling around in over-resourced air-conditioned offices. Our members need to be reassured, Honorable Chair, that their well-being and economic needs are a priority as the service they provide is of a paramount importance to the safety and security of this country. Um, one last aspect that we want to touch on is on the resources and working environment. The working conditions within the SAPS, which amongst others include dilapidated infrastructure, inadequate personnel and lack of resources have also proven to be a contributing factor on members' low morale. We, there, we have on numerous occasions, Chair, raised this concern to this committee and to the SAPS management. And we also as an organization had a program of action to raise um, some of the challenges which um, this study has identified. However, as the SAPS continues to show lack of interest in addressing these long-standing challenges. We are currently not surprised that this survey revealed that 51.7% of the participants indicated that they do not have the required resources to, to perform their duties. The working conditions within the... Sorry. In, previ in previously disadvantaged areas, majority of police um, you uh, honorable members, I have lost sound. Is that a uh, general situation? Yes, Chairperson, it is. Um, Pop crew, we have lost your sound. Oh, apologies, Honorable Chair. Are you we are back, back now? now? Yes, okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I'm not sure 
at what point did um, we lose the sound, but we were talking about the resources and working environment. And um, we were on the fact that in previously disadvantaged areas, majority of police stations are not conducive for our members to efficiently provide services to the community. To make matters even worse, the safety of police officers is of a critical concern as they are often exposed to attacks by heavily uh, armed criminals as uh, previously presented in this committee, Honorable Chair. This is stressful and of, a, of, of course demoralizing. Hence, 41.72 of our member status stated that they are not happy with their current work environment, whilst 37.1 are of the view that SUBS is not a good organization to work for. This denotes that a lot needs to be done to ensure that SAPS transforms into an employer of choice with competitive remuneration, promotion opportunities, improved infrastructure, better methods of communication, adequate resources, among others. We therefore submit that part, apart from employing extra police officers, the SAPS must properly implement Agreement 2 of 2011, in particular Part D, Clause 5.2. This will ensure that almost 8,000 trained police officers who are employed under Public Service Act currently doing administrative functions in offices are released to fight crime on the ground. Moreover, the process of incorporating the PSA appointees into a category of SUBS Act and the required legislative amendments must be finalized so as to ensure that SUBS employees are governed by one act. Additionally, the responsibility of building and maintaining burdens should be transferred from the Department of Public Works to SUBS to effectively address the long-standing infrastructural, infrastructural challenges within the SAPS. One other serious concern is on the forensic science laboratories, which only which with only four laboratories countrywide, which have a huge backlog due to lack of key apparatus required to process information and evidence brought into laboratories, the fight against crime will never be a success. Sadly, this has negative impact on the finalization of cases and subsequently securing convictions in court, especially on GBV and related life-threatening cases. Hence, a whooping 61.63 of SUBS members expressed that SUBS is not winning the fight against crime. This impediment should be resolved as a matter of agency to enhance productivity and subsequently service delivery to the majority of population, mainly the previously disadvantaged. In conclusion, Honorable Chair, would like to take this opportunity to applaud men and women in blue for the commitment they put whenever they execute their constitutional mandate despite the disheartening working conditions as revealed by the survey. As Bob Crow, we believe, we believe that if we are to have a well-functional police service which is capable of efficiently preventing and fighting crime, the morale of the personnel must be uplifted to add value on employee productivity and service delivery. We should therefore work together to ensure that the majority of our members who, do not, who, who are not looking forward to go to work every morning, as, as um, revealed by the study, get the required assistance and support that will uplift their morale and productivity. In a nutshell, Honorable Chair, we are in support of the presented recommendations as they will, as they will motivate employees and further ensure that SUBS efficiently executes its mandate. We then urge the SAPS to develop a program of action on the implementation of the outlined recommendations. 
political will on proper implementation will be of a significant value, significant value honorable chair towards the upliftment of employee morale within the SAPS. We thank you. Thank you, Noxiabi. The chap. She has just called me to continue sharing. Let me thank you for the presentation, Pop Crew. Can we immediately move to the presentation by Sapu? Sapu. We have Sapu on the platform. Thank you, Chair. We are here. Yes. Can you Agree. continue with your presentation? Just show your face and then move on. I'm here. Continue. Thank you. Greetings, Honorable Chair and the committee members, Deputy Minister Motale, Subs Management, recognized labor representatives present here. Uh, and we would like to appreciate the invitation by the committee chair. Uh, our presentation starts as follows. The introduction, first and foremost, as the leadership of the South African Policing Union, we wish to thank the chairperson and the committee members of this honorable committee for the invite to participate in the proceedings on a, on a topic that is not only vital to the subs, but to the country as a whole. Over the past few years, the absolute necessity to have an effective and responsive policing agency available to deal with either a pandemic, large-scale civil unrest, or natural disaster, as recently experienced in KZN and the Eastern Cape has become a non-negotiable on the sorry, agenda. Sorry Sapu. sorry, Sapu, for interference. Can you fly at your presentation? Or uh, are you still on introductory remarks? Yeah, presentation is not uh, visible. We will request Babalo to, to fly it because we, we have submitted to, to, to them. Where I am, oh. I, I won't be able to, to fly it, Eche. Okay, Babalua, can you try to fly it, but continue. And then when it is on the screen, we'll then see where you are and try to catch up. Because we have received it, continue, but Babalua, try to fly that uh, presentation. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, Che. On more than one occasion, the women and men in blue were the thin line between upholding safety and security and a possible anarchy. In order to have an effective policing agency, it is of the utmost importance that the morale of the members serving in the agency must be at a satisfactory level. Low morale in policing agencies is an international phenomenon and has attracted the attention of many role players in the sector. A cursory desktop stroll on the issue of low morale in policing agencies across the globe shows the following. Morale, retention, and recruitment. 
The police profession now faces unprecedented challenging times in attracting and then keeping qualified and motivated talent. Flowers in Police Law Enforcement Solutions, 16 February 2022. And Corps says low moral and department scrutiny are, dri are driving them away from the job. Westville in Criminal Justice Collaborative, 24 June 2021. And police recruiting suffers a moral hits new laws. Exiot Twin Cities. 19 May 2021, if one accepts that low morale in a police agency is a serious impediment in rendering an effective and efficient service to the citizenry that they serve, it is important to reflect on the positions, on the position in the South African Police Service. The SAPS Organizational Climate Survey the survey undertaken by SAPS in 2021 is welcomed by SAPU as an important barometer to measure the organizational climate of SAPS in respect of a few dimensions. Notwithstanding the above, SAP, however, wishes to express a level of concern that SAPS management did not deem it appropriate to involve organized labor that is recognized in the sector to assist with the role, the rollout of the survey. It is high time for SAPS management to realize that the labor organizations that are active in the department represent more than 90% of the workforce. And as such are key role players and social partners that are available to assist with strategic issues. The days of seeing labor as part of the problem, as opposed to being part of the solutions, are long gone. SAPU here would extend its invite to SAPS to embrace us as important role players in taking the department forward. The second concern that must be raised is the low number of responses that were received in the conducting of the survey. It appears that just over 1,500 participants participated in the survey, and as such, the credibility of the findings might be questioned. The fact that not a single lieutenant general in the service deemed it necessary to participate in the study also raised a concern in respect of the buy-in of senior management in this important matter. As a trade union SAPU wants to conquer with the findings of the survey, to which that a large percentage of the participants are dissatisfied with the promotion process and career progression opportunities over time benefits as well as the service allowance. These findings are in line with the feedback that the SAPU receives when the union interacts with its membership. It is internationally accepted that low morale can be linked to poor leadership, lack of resources, and as well as unsatisfactory conditions of service. The leadership issue in SAPS has recently been addressed and SAPU wishes to pledge its support to General Masimula, the newly appointed national commissioner 
in addressing the leadership void that was experienced of late. As an operational career police officer, Sapu is confident that he will address the, operation, the operational needs of SAPS members. Just as important, if not more important, it is agent need to address a number of HR issues that have for too long been left on the back banner of the debate. A central theme that runs as a golden thread throughout the survey is the general dissatisfaction with the promotion process and career opportunities within SAPS. In this regard, in this regard see table seven on page 106 of the survey, where the percentage of the dissatisfaction with the promotion process is the highest of all the indicators at 77.81% and the level of dissatisfaction for future career progression is second highest at 68.46%. These two indicators should serve as an agent wake-up call for all interested parties that these aspects need immediate attention. If it is generally accepted that the human capital of SAPS is its most valuable uh, assets. My, my apologies, my apologies, ma'am. Uh, we need to interact with uh, the reports. Uh, so the committee members still need to ask questions and receive responses. Um, sorry for, uh, I have load shedding, but I'm back on a generator. Uh, thank you to the WIP for chairing while I was uh, reconnecting. Uh, please do not read every word. Um, just take out the most important salient points uh, or else we will not be able to engage with your report. Uh, all the committee members will be leaving. Their transport to parliament leaves the parliamentary villages at 12 o'clock. We will not have a quorum after 12 o'clock. So please just read the headlines and um, your headings and uh, please present us with a summary of what, uh, and not line by line, but a summary of what you're saying. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. We take note of what you are saying as SAPU, and uh, we fully understand that we are invited guests in this uh, uh, platform. However, if it should have been indicated before time that we need to have a summary, we should have done so. Uh, now that the, 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 the presentation is with the office of the, of the National Commissioner and is shared with the, the committee, Sapo would like to end it here. Thank you. Uh, please, please uh, give your recommendations. Uh, our conclusion, we confirm and nullification of SAPS assumption and elucidated on page 122 of the survey does not make good reading. Sub-members have, have low morale. Job dissatisfaction has an effect of sub-members' low morale. In conducive working conditions have an impact on sub-members. It will be easy to challenge and validate and conclusion of the surveys or to enter into the debate on the scientific correctness thereof. Such an approach will, however, be counterproductive. It is accepted that quite a few survey and studies since 2016 
have been consistent in their findings that a low moral is prevalent amongst SAPS members, the correct course of action would be to address the root cause thereof. In our discussion, SuprasAPO has tried to accentuate the HR issues that we believe are key drivers of the low morale in SAPS. If these matters are addressed in a joint problem-solving mode by all the relevant role players, the current state of affairs can be arrested and turned around. This will, however, require the commitment of all stakeholders. Thank you. Thank you very much for the presentation. Uh, could we have the next presentation? Please, Babawa, can you cooperate? We now need the IPUSA presentation. IPUSA, please, could you give us a summary of your presentation? The members are complaining that they do not have time to uh, uh, interrogate this. <coughs> uh, good morning, Honorable Chair. Uh, my, uh, the president of the Independent Policing Union of South Africa is going to do the presentation. However, I want to take this opportunity and uh, thank you for allowing us space to come and participate here in this, uh, at the People's House. Uh, our president uh, is Betwell Nkuna, and I hope he's, uh, he's online. Thank you very much. Good morning. You may continue. Okay, honorable chair, I see the president. I I don't know if he's online because I was with him online, but uh, we are sharing the document. Uh, this is what we call an executive summary. Um, a conclusion by the researcher that the morale of the South African police service members is low, is correct and supported finding and interpretation of the organizational behavior. It will have been more relevant if an accredited, accredited organizational diagnosis was done by a professional psychologist our view is that the research question was on moral measurement. It is not clear what hypothesis for low morale was derived, but an assumption of poor service delivered. The service question revealed a uh, lot please, of- Please, please, please. You are giving uh, us a long executive survey. You are not giving us a presentation. We have read this. Can you give us a summary of what you are saying, please? Hey, Honorable Chair, this is the summary. I'm sorry about that. Uh, we have summarized the slide that we've given you. And it's only a few uh, paragraphs you can see here, and that's it. Yes, your paragraphs are long. If you are going to read it word for word, I'll stop you by paragraph two. Uh, okay, so let me so then... Summarize your paragraphs or else by some... If you're going to read it line by line, you'll yeah. get to paragraph two and I'll stop you. <laughs> okay. No, I'm serious. The members are sending me messages that they want to engage with reports. Okay. Honorable, presentations. Thank you. Honorable, 
Honorable Chair, uh, I think the presentations which was made this morning, it is very clear that uh, the police have got an HR issue. The all decisions which were made uh, previously haven't been fully compl uh, complied with. All the presentations which were made here indicates to one direction uh, that um, uh, the, 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 the members' issues, if they were to be dealt with in accordance with what we have seen today, uh, we will not be sitting with this problem today. But let us look at the conclusion. The conclusion we have made here is that um, there is a problem with SBC. SBC needs to do what it is supposed to be doing. And once we are able to do that, all of these issues which are raised, the issues of promotions, the issues of uh, uh, psychology, psychological uh, situations which our members are faced with, if we were to deal with those issues, the morals of our members is going to be better. So what does that mean? It means that uh, um, our view is that the staffs must be assisted to rebuild the HRM environment based on the principle of empowering managers at the district level so they can deploy resources in an integrated manner and account. The centralization of human resource function is a greater source of discontentment and moral measure on the staff. Secondly, the trade unions admitted in the SAPS and the SBC must relook really into their engagement with the SAPS management on HRM policy matters. So much has been signed, but so little addresses correct implementation. Still today, we see the appointment of senior managers done without following due processes like vetting first before appointing to positions. It cannot be accepted that the sub security clearance of its senior appointments is done after being appointed. What is then the reason for having such vettings after an employee has been accepted into the service? And that's why we see so many litigations that the SAPS is faced with today. So we concur with the report, but we want to see as an independent policy union of South Africa, the inclusion, a full participation of all interested key stakeholders in making sure that we have got an organizational design that is going to be able to respond to the issues which we have today. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Thank you very much. Now we know what your situation is. You see, we'll be able to engage with you in a more productive way. Uh, Honorable uh, Deputy Minister, uh, General Vuma and General Nsinga, you have an opportunity to speak now. Um, you can uh, remove the presentation. Okay. Uh, Chair, thank you. I, I, I don't know uh, because I'm not sure the, uh, what what is what, you you say. We have an opportunity to speak. Do we speak to what these uh, stakeholders are saying here, or what are you suggesting we do, Chair? Because I have a problem I, of how we must uh, we must respond with. Uh, what these different stakeholders that you have invited are saying here. Honorable DM, um, I normally give you an opportunity um, uh, and that's exactly what you have said. Uh, the, pro, uh, the process that we are going to follow is that the committee members will ask questions and then when um, you, I give an opportunity for responses, 
I'll take you at that time. Would that suit you better, Honorable Deputy Minister? No, not really. You see, when you, you, you have these uh, stakeholders that are here, and uh, we, we are coming to report to the committee, and uh, we must then answer them and uh, instead of answering the committee, because I don't want to, to do that. I will want to be guided by the committee in terms of what the committee want us to do. Um, uh, Honorable Deputy Minister, I do not want you to respond to the stakeholders. I would like you to respond to the committee. So the committee will ask questions and you will then respond to the questions of the members of the portfolio committee. That's fine. Thank you very much. So Honorable Deputy Minister, no, you, the um, presentations by the uh, stakeholders would be as a reference point for the committee members and not for SAPs to respond to uh, directly. Are we in agreement? Yeah, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Thank you. Honorable members, I'll take your hands now. Honorable Tablanche, that's the only hand I see now. Honorable Shembeni, that's the second hand. Honorable Grunewald, Honorable Marekwa. Okay, Honorable Tablanche, and then Shembeni, and then Grunewald, Marekwa, and then Siabi. Thank you very much. Chairperson, thank you. Chairperson, I... Um must admit that, um, you know, I'm a bit confused now in the sense, you know, and I think, you know, to just, you know, to clarify my confusion, my first question is who did this survey? You know, I also listened to Iposa and all the other presentations, and it's quite clear that, you know, we have a very definite divide here. Uh, because the police, you know, presented to us, you know, the ideal situation. They merely came here, Chairperson, with all due respect, to come tell us about all their good policies and stuff. And if you listen to the stakeholders, obviously there is a divide. Chairperson, uh, everything in, in the police, as we know as a committee also, is not fine. Um, you know, we, if I can start with the competency, you know, they, they told us a lot of things, you know, people being found to be competent. And then, you know, if you get to stations, you get police members there. They did not pass their firearm sort of tests. They don't have driver's licenses. You, you find a very lot, uh, quite a lot of unskilled people at police stations. You know, if they, you, you ask them questions about their, functional work that they need to do, they cannot answer you. They don't know the legislation or the laws applicable to them on the ground. And I don't know where the competency is coming from, really. You know, if we, and obviously that does not apply to everybody. There are a lot of competent people. Don't get me wrong. Chairperson, uh, the ideal situation was presented, as I said. We, you know, if you see what the survey 
you know, what that sort of revealed is that the, the, the members are very, very unhappy in the police. And, you know, the one thing that we also need to do, I think we need to ensure that the police are going to be professionalized. And we heard about 8,607 people that is going to be promoted in terms of the policies once again. Chairperson, I think that we, we are missing a golden opportunity, you know, to, to, to tie the two to ensure that people are going to be professionalized. We also see quite a, you know, just a few people studying at the moment with bursaries. And there is a huge, huge divide again. Chairperson, I am not satisfied with the current situation. And I think that, you know, the minister and the national commissioner will have to take note of, you know, what was presented to us this morning. And, you know, people are coming from different planets, uh, apparently. You know, the unions and um, the police, they are not on the same page. Chairperson, I'm not going to ask any specific questions at the moment. I have questions, but I want to give my colleagues the opportunity first. This is just a general comment for now. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, thank you, Honorable uh, Tablanche. Um, I will now take Honorable Shimbeni. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, thank you very much from uh, presentations, different unions and uh, subs. Firstly, I will start by a question of the security guards in KZN from the South African police. We've got security, security guards who enlisted around about 20, 2008 in KZN, whom until today, they don't know what are their job descriptions. Uh, can we get the clarity from SAPS what is happening there? It's not only in KZN, but a lot. It's in KZN, security guards that were enlisted in 2008, summer in Free State. They want to know these people, what are their job descriptions? Why are they not incorporated like the reservists that are in the college uh, to the South African police? What is happening with them? Uh, secondly, on the promotion issue, I am very much worried, uh, uh, Honorable Chair. Uh, promotions from constable uh, warrant officer, I mean, from constable sergeants, they come to stack to warrant officers and then they jump captains are being promoted to the next ranks. Uh, that is, I'm talking about the commissioned officers. They are being promoted day and night while people are stuck there in the warrant officer's rank. How can you have a warrant officer staying there in that rank for almost 20 years? What, what, what is the position? What is happening there? You find that this person has been there, his or her colleagues, has been promoted more than six times to the ranks of generals. While you are stuck there, they will tell you about pay progression. What is happening? And I would like to know, how long does it take for a police officer to be promoted to the next rank? Because there was a promotion policy, as far as I know, that you cannot be stuck on this rank for so long, if 
you don't have any cases pending against you, you must be promoted to the next rank. But this is happening to other people. From other people, it's not happening. What is happening there? I just want the reason. Uh, the stress and depression, how is it regarded? Is it regarded as an injury of duty or what? Because most of our members are getting stressed, are getting depression due to their work conditions, due to suppression by the senior management, those generals and uh, other officers who corruptly got their ranks. They're suppressing our members so that they find themselves now being depressed, killing themselves, resigning. What do we call it if a person now is stressed or depressed in such a way that that person can no longer uh, carry on with his or her work? What do we regard that? If we say now it's an injury on duty, or we say it's not an injury of duty, why not an injury of duty? Because that happened during their work situation. Now, I've heard now Ipusa talking about the, they've noticed the structure that our SAPS is heavy from the top. What have they done? I cannot talk about pop crew because pop crew is sleeping in the very same bed with the enemy. That is the management. Pop crew is part of COSATU. COSATU is ANC. Now, this is what is happening. Those members that are on the top structure of the SAPS are pop crew members. Now, pop crew is not going to question their colleagues that are sitting on top there because they are also part of the management in pop crew. That's why nothing is happening. Our members on the ground are suffering. And this thing started in 19, way back in 1999, when these pop group members, they promoted themselves into the high ranks of the SAPS. And after that, when it comes to promotion, they say they excluded themselves. They're not talking anything about promotion because they were there promoted, corruptly so. And they did not have any qualifications. Now they don't want to promote our members that are having qualifications to the higher ranks. We've got a lot of constables, sergeants, captains that are having diplomas and degrees, but they are not considered in our uh, leadership structures. Now, with the post-promotions, I've seen now we're talking about 5,000 post-promotions. How many are there post from warrant officer to captain? Now, at the present moment, if we can look at the structure, from which rank do we have a lot of members that are stuck in the very same rank for more than 10 years? I'd like SAPS to answer me also on that one. The danger allowance, I see you were talking about uniform and, and the like. Danger allowance, I remember it was 400 rand since 1910 or wherever, up up until today. Nothing has changed. What is happening? People are dying every day for 400 rand. That's danger allowance. Some, they don't even get that 400 rand danger allowance. What is happening in the SAPS? Who is responsible for that? Uniform, you give them 1,600. 
How much does the ceremonial jacket cost? How much does the shoes cost? A trouser, how much does it cost? When you take shoes, ceremonial cap, ceremonial jacket, and trouser and socks, the 1,600, it's finished. It does not uh, 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 give you an opportunity to take all these things. But they say, uh, we are giving you uh, money for uniform. Uh, some say, I give you uniform. This is my uniform. You must wait. Which uniform? For 1,600 There is nothing like that. Now, I think, Chairperson, uh, I've spoken a lot. Uh, these were my contributions. I just want to know the questions since uh, the leadership uh, of Pop Group. Also, they've been there for a long time. And you struggle to find out whether it's that chieftaincy or what? These people cannot be replaced. Why? What is happening? What are they covering there that they want them not to be exposed? Because something is wrong there. Mismanagement honorable, of funds. Honorable, no honorable Shembeni, please do not address the unions directly. This is not a meeting with unions. This is a meeting on a survey. Honorable members, uh, we will not respond to questions directly addressed to the unions. Uh, Honorable uh, thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Grunewald, you are next. Thank you, Chair. Can you hear me? Yes, okay, I think you hear. Yes, Chair, yes, will... Thank you, Chair. Chair, I will be short in my response. Firstly, I want to refer to the research methodology of this survey. I have my doubt and I have my questions. And the reason is that, yes, uh, if we look at the number of respondents uh, of 1,582, normally in the research, I will say this is an adequate uh, number of uh, people that has been questioned. But the problem is that the majority of them is actually most of them were administrative staff. Uh, and that, uh, as far as I'm concerned, put a question mark over this survey. Nevertheless, Chairperson, I think what must be noted is specifically when it comes to the relationship with colleagues. And if you look at this uh, survey and analyze it, the shocking, and I call it the shocking figure, is it says that 53% of uh, the respondents felt that the police are dishonest. 47.28% felt that the police do not conduct themselves ethically. 54.11% felt that the police abuse their power. 47.72% felt that the police conduct themselves unprofessionally. 51.39% felt that the police are not self-disciplined. Now, Chairperson, these are serious matters. I mean, if more than half of the respondents thinks that the police are dishonest, my question on this matter is, we would like to have specific answers from the police services 
on how they're going to address this issue. This is nothing else than a clot on the name of the police services. If the employees of the police services itself say that the police is dishonest, that they conduct, conduct themselves uh, not ethically, abuse their power, how does the public then feel? It is no wonder then, if you look at other surveys, that the trust in the police from the public side decreased to 27%. Jefferson, this is a serious problem. And we want the answers on that. Further, the second issue, Honorable Chair, is if you look also at specific areas of this, this satisfaction, then when it comes to the opportunities for future career progression, 68,46% of the respondents uh, is actually dissatisfied. And when it comes to the process used for promotion in the SAPs, it is 77,81%. Now, Chairperson, I want to touch on the issue of career development and when it comes to promotions. We hear... My, my apologies, uh, my apologies, General. Uh, um, uh, Doc, Galaxy yes. A12, can you mute your mic or else I'm going to kick you out of the meeting? Thank you. Honorable Groenewald, Dr. Groenewald, you can continue. Thank you, Chair. Uh, the, the, matter, the other issue is about the promotions. We hear, and it has been said, that people are 10 and 20 years in a position with no promotion. Now, Chairperson, to put it very shortly, I want to request that the committee receive a detailed analysis of all people in the SAPs with five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years and more than 20 years in the same position, but also with that, the race groups of that. African, colored, white, brown. I want that as well. Because, Chairperson, I put it very, very straightforward today. There is in the South African police services a trend to discriminate specifically against white people. And let me tell why. There, there have been a couple of court cases where white officers have been accused that they use the K word. In court, it has been found that it is totally untrue. It's not true. Those people left the police services. Now that is totally unacceptable. And therefore, Chairperson, I also want to receive from the police the cases where false accusations have been made towards specific race groups, even if it's the other way around, let's get that. Because, Chairperson, in the police services, we get in a situation where race 
is becoming a conflict point. I put it straightforward. So, Chairperson, that is what I ask when it comes to the dishonesty, when it comes to years of service in the same position, and then 13, uh, the third one is the racial issue. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Honorable Marekwa. Thank you, Chairperson, and good morning to the, yourself, to the DM on the platform, members of the committee, management of SAPS, and uh, to the recognized trade unions and stakeholders that are present on the platform this morning. Thank you. I'm going to request to switch off my video chair. You may, you. You, you may do so, Madam. Thank you for your beautiful face. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson uh, and members on the platform. Let me appreciate and welcome the report, uh, the presentations that we have heard from all the participants that have presented to us this morning. But I think as a committee chair, we need, I, I, we need to also to clarify that it is not in our power or our role to interfere in the leadership and processes of trade unions out there. So it should not be seen as if we discuss leadership of trade unions as, as, as this committee. Thank you, Chair. Chairperson, from the presentations uh, that one that were, we were presented with this morning, one picks up that uh, um, subs, uh, maybe we can say there's, uh, they have done a lot over the years but the presentation still, and according to the recommendations, it still shows that a lot needs to be done and a whole lot more chairperson because the environment we are existing in and the environment in which the police are operating currently is totally different. And it's very challenging and texting in terms of uh, emotional, uh, sub, uh, emotional and otherwise chairperson. So it cannot be an, a, a thing that we say, we will do this and do this, but not also having time frames to say, we will be doing this by this time, we'll be having this. Because according to the recommendations that one have seen, there isn't much of time frames to say, when will one and two or these recommend, most of the recommendations be implemented. So we cannot be in an environment forever where we, we, we come up with resolutions, with policies that are very uh, promising and so on. But in terms of implementations, there's a challenge and there's lack of, in other areas, lack of implementation. So Chairperson, in order for SAPS uh, to ensure that it, it claims back the trust and respect of the communities, it needs to review some of the existing policies that they are having because the environment cannot be as normal as, as uh, usual, work as usual. Things have to change. We've got hardened criminals out there. We have people targeting our infrastructure deliberately. It's, it's very, it's texting and it's, uh, it's, 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 it's not right to exist in an environment where you see that as a country, we are being undermined by criminals who go to an extent of tempering with the infrastructure of our country, killing young, young girls, killing women, 
putting young men of this country on under drugs. So this actually tells us that the, the layer of leadership of tomorrow is being uh, destroyed at a very young age. They are killing young girls. They are putting young men on drugs. So we will be having no members in future to be sitting in these platforms in organizations and leading. So I think the police has got a, a huge task in making sure that the, the respect and trust of communities is gained back. And it can only be gained back when SABS deals with its own internal issues, assessing what works and what is not working. Because some of the laws and the rules and the instructions, some of them are really outdated and needs to be really looked into. Because the community is growing impatient out there. Community are, are seeking other ways to deal and do and deal with crime out there on their own and which that we cannot allow. We don't allow and we cannot uh, encourage citizens taking law into their own hands. So the police needs to really relook and really look seriously internally. What is, what is it that needs to be done to can address the challenges of today? The other thing that one knows also from the present, from the from the research chair is that uh, the issue around recruitment uh, from, one, from, from my side, I think uh, as much as we recruit, we want to have, because the crime is, it is too much out there, we want more members of SAP in the, within the employment of SAPS. Now we start to look into numbers, we get numbers and we employ. But I think our, the area that needs to be looked into is the vetting process in SAPS. How is it seriously going to be strengthened and make sure that people that come into the fold of SAPS are really people who want to fight crime? And it, not should, it should not be people who will be seeing themselves out there being arrested, like it's happening currently, where we have people in police uniform being, uh, or in the employment of SAPS being uh, arrested for other crimes out there. It is putting further the damage on the image of SAPS. So I think the vetting process in SAPS needs to be looked into as much as we want to retain and have more members. It cannot be about numbers nowadays. It needs to be about people who are really out there seriously wanting to serve and fight crime in the communities. The other thing, Chairperson, is the working conditions and the environment under which members are working. Conditions I will include because of time, I will include all the, the danger allowance, the uniform, everything that has been mentioned in the, in the research document, that if those things are not going to be taken seriously and attended to, they will continue, we will continue having the low morale of members within the SAPS, we will have members resigning, we will have members committing suicide because they are giving their all out there, men and women out there in blue, but their conditions of employment of, of where they are working are not being upgraded, are not taken, they are not taken serious, and they continue being demoralized as members working within that environment. So I think those conditions need to be looked into. They have been, I think the stakeholders, the trade unions have mentioned them, they need to be seriously taken uh, 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 to attention and make sure that they, they are addressed especially the danger allows. You can't have person high, uh, patrolling highways of the country and being given 400 rand. That is really, really, really not working. So I think we need to work, relook these other areas and make sure that they are addressed. 
The other one is on the um, wellness of the employees, the, the, the spiritual services that is there. I think it needs also to be looked into because I think a number of uh, people have mentioned that uh, they need professionals. As APS, at the rate that crime is happening, they're picking up bodies of young and old people who have been killed, uh, brutally murdered, and so on. It's texting on the emotions of employees of subs. So I think professionals who will come into SAPS, not to contest also for positions, but to deal with the psychological well-being of members. So I think we need that because currently you'll hear when you go to, uh, to provinces that uh, other chaplains they only wait for a call when there's somebody who has passed on to say go and report to the family so it means that there is no continuous psychological uh, upliftment of members in the workplace so i think that needs also to be looked into to make sure that people who are actually trained to be psychologists let pastors do pastoral work and let psychologists come in and assess members really because the the challenges out there are, uh, are demanding that subs really improves and make sure that there is proper care of its uh, employees and make sure that these employees are taken care of and the psychological, if a member has issues, let their confidentiality also be dealt with because uh, I think at some stage we spoke about this, that uh, members don't rely, don't trust actually going to, 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 to their supervisors to go and cry and uh, tell them their challenges, whether at work or at home. So I think let's get proper trained people to deal with that and also have budgets. The budget, the resources must also, it should be, we should be also be told that, well, this be able to, can be implemented because of, uh, if we don't have the proper resources as, as APS, I don't think uh, some of the things will be implemented, but it will be also through budgeting and making sure that what is important and what is the best for the members working in SAPS is, is given priority. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Marekwa. Uh, Honorable uh, Siabi, uh, before you speak, Ms. Morton, you are uh, not a member of Parliament and you cannot participate um, in the meeting. Could you please lower your hand? Uh, members of the public have to write to the committee if they want to address the committee or the committee has to send you a formal invitation if you want us to allow you to um, or if we want you to address us. Um, you can also address us in your official capacity as a member of the Human Rights Commission. Um, Honorable Siabi. Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> and uh, greetings to honorable members on the platform, the Deputy Minister officials from SAPS and the delegations from different mm -hmm. unions. Let me start by welcoming all the presentation delivered here today. Chairperson, uh, to me, um, in terms of the presentations and even the contributions by honorable members, 
it shows that this is a an emotive discussion. And today we don't have enough time to really deal with the issues to the to finality. And further to say, in this meeting, we have invited stakeholders. So that's why I'm saying it's an emotive thing, and we must be mindful of the language we use. For example, I don't think we have enemies in this meeting, but we have stakeholders who are coming here to contribute to the well-being of the of the of the officers or who are coming here to contribute to the betterment of the sector. And as members of parliament, we are representing everybody. We are not partisan as we are in this parliamentary committee meeting. So I'm immediately going to suggest, Chair, if it's allowed that we need to create more time, maybe two days, um, whether weekend or during the week, to deal with these issues so that we understand better where the stakeholders are coming from. We understand better where SAPS is, uh, is coming from. If we were to have a meeting or a strategic session where all these uh, stakeholders are invited again and where we have enough time to deal to deal with them. Because what what I see, one might be wrong, but what I see, there's no continuous communication between unions in particular and the management of SAPs, not in a form of a bargaining but just continuous discussions to understand each other better. I think uh, Honorable Marekwa put it clearly that this is a different environment we are operating in. So we need to review whatever policies are there so that they are able, these policies are able to respond to the environment we're faced with. They are able to respond to the challenges, to the challenges we are in. For example, we have employees in SAPS reporting to the same employer, which is SAPS, but with different conditions of service. Uh, from different legal perspectives. So it really causes, causes a problem to me. So that's why I'm saying we need a session where we can have open discussions so that we are able to, to respond to all that is there. Even the, the research itself, to me, the sample, the sample is too small for, for us to get really what are people are people saying? The review of conditions of service, Honorable Marreco has already talked about it. The promotion policy needs to be looked at 
the wellness program, I didn't hear it clearly in the presentation of SAPS. They are wellness, their wellness programs in response to what is happening. So I'm not even going to get into asking questions, Chair. I'm just putting it, suggesting that if possible, if it's acceptable, let's have a, let's organize a session where all stakeholders will be there. We have enough time over two days or the whole day. Then we're able to interrogate and able to advise one another in the spirit of uh, contributing towards the betterment of the sector. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Whip. Honorable Whip, um, this session and the session that we are having now has been put on the committee program uh, because of your uh, initiative and your persistence and uh, your commitment to addressing this matter. Uh, Honorable Marekwa has also raised this consistently with me and uh, I then put it on the committee agenda. Now, it is very clear that we will not be able to address or attend to all the challenges that we face and the challenges that have been raised here today. We have a clear indication that we have come to the real core issue of the problems in SAPS and amongst um, the different stakeholders in our sector. Honorable Siabe, you are absolutely correct. We need more than one session on this. Um, and when we have another session, we have to interrogate the presentation and the input of SAPS a little bit more carefully. I would suggest that we first have a session just with SAPS and the committee, uh, because the, there's a huge disjuncture between what SAPS is saying and what the unions are saying. Uh, they are definitely speaking as if they belong to two different organizations and they actually should come closer to each other. So I'm going to ask that um, we are allowed to first engage with SAPS without the unions and that we then are able to um, take this report, attend to it in detail and respond to it in detail before we call the stakeholders back. It would of course be a meeting open to the public. So the unions would be welcome to join the meeting. Um, and I would agree with the WIP that we would need at least two days to do so. Um, Honorable WIP, could you just chair the session where for now we'll first take the responses from, from uh, SAPS and then I'll give one person from each stakeholder to give a two-minute response uh, before we conclude. Honorable Whip, could you uh, chair this session, please? We'll start with um, the responses from the Deputy Minister, uh, SAPS, and then a minute or two each from the stakeholders. Thank you, DM. Thanks, Chair, and thanks uh, to committee members. 
as I said in my opening that uh, uh, this survey was occasioned uh, by the national commissioner with a view of understanding where we are so that we can deal with the weaknesses that are within the organization. It was an internal process intended to assist the institution to reposition itself. It was not a, a process that was engaged on with a view of uh, making a public statement about the state of the South, <coughs> the South African police service. So that was the intention. There was no intention of uh, going public with uh, uh, these surveys. They were intended to assist us to respond with the weaknesses that are there. And for you to look at, to deal with your weaknesses, you need to know the areas of these weaknesses. And this was intended uh, to do that. We, 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 pre we prepared the presentation here based on the request from the committee that uh, we should come and uh, uh, present here the on the on the findings of the of the survey and we have, we have done exactly that and we have also indicated the things that we are we are going to do to deal with uh, with these challenges that are that are that are there within the within the service itself uh, it's it's a, it's a survey that uh, even ourselves, when we look at it, we were not very much excited. It was like somebody was telling us about an institution which we 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 are not leading, but uh, we came to accept that uh, indeed this is a survey conducted, and the outcome are a true reflection of what is pertaining in the environment, and we have come to accept the survey. Scathing uh, as it is about ourselves, but we think you can only cor correct or do self introspection if you have a true reflection of what is happening. And this survey have assisted us uh, in in that regard, and we are committed to addressing these issues that were identified. We have had an intense discussion amongst ourselves, and I think I as we speak now, we have come to terms with the report uh, before us and we are ready to, to respond to the issues that have been uh, highlighted. Of course, we will need uh, to work together with those, with all the relevant stakeholders within the space, particularly organized labor that, uh, that is working with, with subs currently. Uh, in, in the space to ensure that uh, we implement these recommendations. It is in our interest to do so, and we are going to do so. It is not, uh, it is not by mistake uh, that this survey was commissioned. It was commissioned because we wanted to appropriately respond to the areas of weaknesses. Uh, it was not... Uh, it was not an exercise that was done for the sake of doing it. We were doing it with the intention of strengthening and repositioning ourselves to deal with the problems confronting the institution. I will allow through you, Chair, General Voma and the team to further elaborate on the issues that uh, 
members have, members of the committee have raised. Uh, over to you, General Vuma, through your chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Deputy Minister of Police. Um, and thank you, Honorable Chairperson, and to honorable members for the questions and comments that have been raised. Let me also welcome all presentations that have been presented. I will specifically focus to the questions posed by honorable members. The first question that was posed by honorable member uh, Terry Blanche, most of the things that he mentioned were just uh, general comments in terms of what they experience when they go uh, to different police stations against what we presented in terms of the training interventions that have uh, happened to our members together with the, the them being declared competent. Now, uh, the comments were just generally that when they go to police stations, they receive different picture. The only question that he has posed is with regard to who did the survey as it is uh, presented to, to this uh, honorable committee. Uh, the deputy minister has briefly touched on that particular response that the survey has been done internally in the South African Police Service with, of course, the objective of checking our own self, doing our own introspection in terms of how are we serving as an organization? Do we have a workforce that is motivated or do we have a, a workforce that is demotivated? So the research has been conducted within the organization itself. It was conducted by, we have a research component uh, that is led by Dr. Major General Vuma, who is sitting there with a, a lot of qualified individuals, not a lot, of course, just a few, to be able to assist the organization where the need arises. Uh, most of the questions that were posed, for example, some of the questions relating to uh, the sample size, as well as some of the uh, questions that were posed by Honorable uh, Dr. Hrunewald, mm -hmm. I will request Dr. Vuma to elaborate later on those in regard to all those relationships and the, the self-disciplines, et cetera, et cetera. However, the aim of this study is for us to conduct our own introspection as an organization so that we are able to put measures where necessary for us to correct ourselves and where our policies requires a reviewal as it was presented. For example, the promotion policy, it has been made very, very clearly that our policy is long it requires to be reviewed because based on other variables, of course, for example, based on the budget, our promotion policies made mention of the fact that we need to promote people on a two-year basis, those who have qualifications, those who don't have qualifications after four years. But when we look at the financial constraints of the country as well as our organizations, it became very difficult for us to follow that particular policy. Hence, we have a number of members who are sitting in one rank over a number of years. So that was the question that was posed by Honorable Terra Blanche. The rest were comments, as I said, I will not elaborate on them. 
The next questions came from uh, Honorable Shemben, where he has asked that uh, in 2008, there were security guards that were enlisted. Majority of them were in KZN and some are in free state. Why didn't we incorporate those security guards uh, in the police uh, as police officials? I will request General Nsia to elaborate on that particular one at a later stage. The next question that he, uh, he has posed to us is a question with regard to promotions of members that are stuck in one rank, for example, warrant officers uh, are sitting in 20 years in one rank. Yes, it is true. We have, in, uh, to a certain extent, some of the members that are stuck in one rank. As the presenter presented, that in terms of uh, after we realize that our policy is not uh, um, working properly based on the financial constraint or budgetary constraint, there are some of the agreements and that were entered into that at least uh, for great progressions, the members must at least have 10 years from constable to sergeant and sergeant to warrant officer. And after a warrant officer rank, of course, it depends on the availability of the post because the post of the captains are a supervisory post. So where there are posts and those posts are funded, those members will wait for those posts to be advertised and it will be on a competitive basis. If the posts are not advertised in for appointment purposes internally in the organization, we will embark on a post-promotion process. That also depends on the availability of funding. Hence, people, you will find that we have a number of warrant officers and surgeons who are sitting in one rank for over a number of years. But for great progression, yes, we had a backlog as uh, it was presented of almost uh, 60,382 up until in 2019. But since 2019, we have since dealt with that uh, backlog. The only number that is left that is going to be finalized this year for great progression of a constable to sergeant, sergeant warrant officers is uh, 8,607, which is going to be finalized. Money has been made available in this current financial year for us to deal with that particular backlog. Now, there was also a question with regard to, uh, from uh, Honorable Shembe, need to stress depression, injury, all those who are uh, having the stress as a result of work-related uh, exposure, do we regard those type of uh, uh, disorders or, or, or depressions as injury on duty? Yes, where it is, it, it, I must say, each uh, case is looked according to its own merit. Where there is clear evidence and uh, it is obvious that those members are having those stress as a result of uh, being exposed to those horrendous situations, and crime-related uh, matters, they are regarded as injury on duty and the process of uh, dealing with them as injuries on duty unfold in terms of our policy. The other questions obviously are relating to, to the unions. I will not dwell into that, but there was also a, a, a concern, which is also our concern as well with regard to the danger allowance. Danger allowance, which was since uh, 
decided as 400 somewhere in 2001, if I'm not mistaken, and up to date, it is still to uh, 400. So that 400, the members are actually getting lesser than that because it is still going to be taxed. We all are all concerned the matter was even taken uh, and deliberated to the council. Uh, the challenge that we are currently experiencing is budgetary constraint. We are also feeling that we need to uh, uh, uplift that particular danger allowance, but because of budgetary constraint, it is not. It has not yet happened, but it is a matter that we, it is receiving uh, attention of the management of the South African Police Service together with our labor organizations who are admitted to Triple SBC. Uniform is the same issue. Uh, it has been highlighted. Uh, it is an issue that is sitting on the table of the management of the South African Police Service where we really are looking at a number of options. However, there are also first issues that are issued for the sake of members to be having sets of uniform. And then the 1,600 is just to maintain the uniform, but still we agree and we feel it is insufficient because the other challenges, we even discussed it recently with the National Commission and the Board of Commissioners that a, a committee has been put in place to look at that because amongst others are the values that when a jacket is bought for 2000, for example, we still must also sell it to the member with the same amount. So there is a committee that has been put in place with legal services where we need to explore and even go to National Treasurer to assist us. How best can we handle those issues? Uh, the other question was posed by uh, Honorable Hunewald, which I said, I will request uh, uh, Dr. Major General Vuma to elaborate in terms of the methodologies of the survey and all other related matters in regard to the study. The career development uh, or promotion that was requested by Honorable Dr. Hrunewald in terms of the number of years, how many people per race who are sitting in one rank for a num particular number of years, as well as all other, uh, uh, including with their races, we have taken note of that. We shall provide that information that has been required in detail so that the members are able to understand uh, uh, in terms of their request. The question uh, with regard from uh, Honorable Morekwa, most of what Honorable Morekwa uh, highlighted were mostly comments relating to uh, all those issues that we are experiencing that comes from the study as an organization, which we take note, of course, there are a number of other legislative framework especially our policies that requires to be reviewed, which we agreed some we have noted in this particular presentation that we will be in a position to look, re-look into them and review them. Including the issues of vetting, I will request uh, the DNC responsible for crime detection to respond on the issues of vetting to what an extent, uh, what capacity do we have for us to be able to strengthen our vetting processes, however, in as far as the employment is concerned, we have gone to an extent of ensuring that before we employ our new recruits, we make sure that they, we take their processes or their uh, details for buckle sampling so that when they are already at the college, we are not going to be uh, returning them back after we discover some of the issues. 
the wellness issues, it has been highly emphasized here by the committee. And we do agree our presentation also reflects that currently in the whole organization, out of a staff establishment of almost 182,000, we only have 621 EHW uh, services, which includes both psychologists, uh, social workers, and uh, uh, chaplains. So we do agree uh, as an organization that in that space, we definitely need to relook into that environment and we need to capacitate that environment because as it is, our members are killing themselves, their families, because we are unable to reach out to all of them. The presentation also did made mention that uh, some of the services of uh, debriefing uh, and briefing are explored from our medical aid schemes, both GEMS and, uh, and, uh, and Polmet. They also offer services to our members uh, in order to alleviate the load that these 621 members, EHW staff, is unable to reach out to all of them. But we have noted all those serious concerns. Uh, with your permission, uh, Honorable Chair, I will request that uh, General Nchinga highlight issues in regard to vetting processes and also General Nzie elaborate on those securities guards that were employed. However, we have taken note of the comments by the chairperson and we shall uh, uh, inform the National Commission that the, the, the chairperson requires the entire uh, study to be uh, publicized. I don't know whether it is still the case because it is an internal uh, uh, introspection so, uh, tool that we wanted to do for an organization so that we are able to put measures and to look at where we have gaps, how do we address those gaps as an organization in order to shape and make sure that the members of the South African Police Service have a moral that is uplifted for them to be able to execute their mandates and roles and responsibilities with ease. General Nzie and General um, Njinga, uh, uh, as well as General Vuma, will come in with your permission, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much. Uh, thank, thank you very much, General Vuma, um, for the, the response. We really appreciate the detailed response that you have given, and we'll engage with you again at the later stage. Um, who is next now? Uh, those three responses. Uh, General Nsinga, is it you? Thank uh, you General so much. Vuma. All right, you'll just indicate who's next after General Nsinga. General Nsinga, you may respond now. Thank you uh, so much, Honorable Chair, members of the committee, the DM, uh, General Vuma, and the uh, other stakeholders, uh, sub-senior management. I will only respond specifically into, uh, with, with uh, vetting issues. Yes, Chair, we, we would like to see all members of SAFs being vetted, but due to serious shortages in, in the vetting uh, component, we are only focusing on the specific uh, units and divisions where, which are very critical, such as DPCI, supply chain, forensic, and also at the recruitment level and the senior management. That is where we are currently focusing on, but not forgetting if there is a request uh, for other components, we are doing the vetting. Uh, currently, we are in the process of uh, capacitating the vetting component 
we have advertised posts so that we can be able to do our job properly. Uh, uh, I'm sure by, by the end of, of June, those posts will be uh, filled because we've already ad- advertised them. So sooner we have a full capacity of uh, vetting, we will extend it in, in, into other critical areas. Thank you so much, Chair. Uh, General Nsia can come in with regard to the security guards that are in KZN as well as Free State, please. Thank you, General Vuma. Could we have General Nsia? Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, on this issue of the security guards, may I request that we submit a written response on this one? Yes, I am aware that uh, there are challenges and in, the, in KZN, Free State and Northwest. And I also know that uh, there was a, a, a trip uh, undertaken by the BC to KZN uh, to deal with the issues of the security guard. So may I request with your permission, Chairperson, that I submit this in a written uh, reply. And in addition to this, Chair, just to give the figures in terms of the promotions, I think uh, the question that was asked by Honorable Shembeni, uh, in terms of our post-promotions, we are targeting mainly our non-commissioned officers. And I can indicate, uh, Honorable Chair, that uh, from 2018 to current, uh, we have promoted 51,640 non-commissioned officers, constable to sergeants, there were 31,218 sergeants to warrant officers, 5,017 warrant officer, Ben B1 to Ben B2, 15,405. And for commissioned officers, there were only 6,896. And uh, also just to add in terms of the response that was given by General Voma, uh, members that are injured on duty, there are prescripts that are directing us. We've got COIDA, we also have the pillar, the policy on uh, dealing with incapacity leave. So we are being guided uh, by the policies. And yes, we deal with each case on its own merit. And we do sit in the committees on a monthly basis with our health risk manager to look at those members that are injured on duty so that we can comply with the policies. But otherwise, Chairperson General Vuma has addressed all the questions that are relevant to human resource and management. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very uh, much. Uh, Maybe we can allow uh, Dr. Major General Vuma to explain the issues of methodology of the study as it was posed to us by uh, Dr. Hrunewald. With your permissions, ma'am, thank you. Uh, Thank you, General Vuma. Uh, the uh, written response is also welcomed. Could we please ensure that all the stakeholders and all the members receive the written response? Thank you very much. Uh, the next. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair, and thank you very much to the Deputy Minister and Deputy National Commissioners. Uh, the concern from uh, uh, the Honorable was the issue of the sample size. And the second concern was the issue on uh, the PSA members, uh, that percentage. But the uh, uh, Honorable Grunewald, at the end of the day, he rightly said uh, that the, the sample size that is given of 150, 1,552, uh, scientifically is uh, acceptable uh, uh, size we concur with him. On the issue of uh, the 20.7 percentage of PSA members, if now the Honorable Grunewald can look into the total number of uh, uh, all uh, SAPS members that responded, 
you will see that the number is higher than that one of uh, PSA of 20.7, because the total number of uh, all uh, SAPS uh, members is 79.8%. So that it looks uh, higher when you look at the report, but when you uh, calculate all responded from all ranks of the SAPS, you'll see that now is 79.8%. Uh, that was that that uh, needed charity. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Um, honorable members, uh, if there are no further responses from SAPS, I'll now allow uh, the um, stakeholders to, um, to give me their two-minute inputs. Please, you only have two minutes. I'll start with Pop Crew. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, my name is Mdulegi Mbele from Pop Crew. Uh, Chair, we, uh, we want to highlight, Chair, that uh, we are dealing with the Organizational Climate Safe Survey uh, of the SAPS, and uh, we want to urge uh, uh, all of us that uh, let us focus on the task at hand in terms of ensuring that we deal with this particular animal uh, that is faced uh, all of us. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. And uh, let us not allow that uh, our focus be diverted to something else. Uh, Chair, we do... Uh, agree that there is a, a disjuncture that exists uh, within the SAPS and between the state, uh, the parties uh, at the TSPC, which uh, such a disjuncture uh, may be addressed. There are ways and means to address them, and we appreciate that uh, this platform has been created uh, so that it can uh, create also that environment for parties at that level to address those particular issues. Uh, Chair, we also uh, further note uh, that uh, the presentation of progress sets the tone for the engagements at this particular uh, portfolio committee. And, and uh, in, uh, as such, most of our points have been rehashed uh, by honorable members uh, to this regard. And uh, Chair, uh, uh, we further believe that uh, there are ways and means to address the bottlenecks uh, with regards to upward mobility, in particular, where the, uh, the, 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 the issue of the warrant officers uh, is content. Uh, but uh, we, we are available to deal with those particular issues as we move forward. And uh, there is also a lack of implementing the signed collective agreement. And uh, we must uh, raise the fact that uh, Within the SSPC, SAPS, uh, and as well as the parties at the SSPC, they have signed very progressive uh, uh, collective agreements. But there is a uh, the one thing that is that falls short is the lack in terms of implementing those particular agreements, which might also assist in terms of us addressing these particular matters. Uh, furthermore, Chair, we want to. Uh, uh, commit ourselves as pop crew that uh, we are still willing to work uh, with the SAPS and all other stakeholders, uh, including our uh, uh, other unions uh, that are admitted and recognized within the SAPS. 
the parliament itself. We are also willing to work with parliament and everybody else that is willing to have a meaningful contribution towards uh, uplifting the morale of the members within the SAPS. We therefore, Chair, support uh, the two days session as proposed uh, by Honorable, Honorable uh, CRB, uh, which uh, will try to bring us together to ensure that we thresh out all the issues and try to find solutions that are going to drive this particular process forward. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, thank you very much uh, for those encouraging words. And indeed, we are committed to addressing some of the uh, challenges you have highlighted today. Uh, the reason why we've called this meeting is precisely because you have raised this with us in another meeting which you had with the chairperson. Uh, we had also indicated to you in that meeting that we would um, prioritize this for an agenda item. And I hope that you uh, appreciate the fact that we did so as soon as possible. Um, I, I hope you remember that it was a commitment which we made in a prior meeting, uh, which you had with the chairperson. Uh, could I have Sapu now, please? Uh, thank you, Honorable Chair. Uh, Sapu, uh, we would like to say uh, the lack of a promotion policy review should be addressed as soon as possible to uplift the morale of the members. And uh, it is a cause of concern on our side. We also request uh, subs to engage us when conducting these surveys. We are not a stepchild within the SAPS. In order for us as a stakeholder to make a meaningful contribution moving forward, we would like also to make a commitment uh, to the better servicing of the communities by subs, uh, inclusive of us as a stakeholder. Thank you, Chair. Uh, th thank you very much. Um, could we then now have uh, Ipusa, the last uh, stakeholder? Uh, Honorable Chair, I don't know if the chairperson is listening. President? Yes, I am here. Who's uh, going to speak on behalf of Ipusa? Betuel Nkuna, is he here, President? Yeah, yeah. thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. I am Bethel Nkuna, the President of the Independent Policing Union of South Africa. And uh, thank you very much for inviting us to be part of uh, this very important meeting for our South African citizens as security is the most important department in our country. Um, uh, Chairperson, um, we, we welcome uh, the contribution by uh, Honorable uh, uh, Shembeni in terms of um, questioning the issue of the two acts we, within a one roof and for us it comes as a very relevant point whereby we question the effectiveness of our own triple sbc including the recognized union within that uh, environment in terms of how do we continue to have confusions 
of two acts under one roof, whereby there's already a signed agreement that addresses that particular uh, a problem. So without having to go help us get about this, how effective is our Triple SBC in terms of the implementation of their own signed agreements, which are continuing to cause confusion within SAPs? We, we sit here having uh, problems now whereby PESAP members, which are Public Service Act members, are the most discontent members in terms of promotion policy. They do not have career path. They do, do not have career policy. We have more Public Service Act members within SAPS who have been serving, uh, who have been within the service for over 20 years, but still under the same salary level. That's why we welcome uh, the, the, the question of uh, Honorable Terry Blanche, whereby he asked for a, a, a survey in terms of how many personnel who have been within one rank or one sal uh, same salary level for over five years. All these are happening within the auspices of the triple SBC. So we want an implementation because SAPS, the organization itself, SAPS, is the most regulated and is having a strict policies. But the problem with SAPS is implementation. There have been a lot of surveys, there have been a lot of endeavors in terms of resolving SAPS problems, but it, it, it has all been lip service. The problem is implementation. When it comes to implementation, it becomes an HR problem. Most of SAPS ills are centered around HRM. Through in, uh, lateral appointments, consistent restructuring, redeployment, because the top ma uh, management in SAPS for over 14 years has been unstable, whereby each and every NASCOM who chips in comes with his, his own agenda, whereby there will be uh, an ending restructuring, which makes cause, or in fact, cause, causes inconsistency and uncertainty. This unending redeployment and restructuring has paved way for lateral appointments at senior level, which is done without due competency requirements. This, been the, uh, this has been a recipe for low morale and poor performance as deserving members who have been, who have gone through the ranks of the whole police training are left disgruntled. Most operational skilled members have been, have to be contained by being led by clueless management, which leads to lack of management uh, direction, infights, and even misconduct. 
there's an issue, this issue of having two, two, two acts under one roof. You find trained police officers having to lead support functions, such as HR, finance, supply chain, etc., without necessary skills and qualifications. And in the same breath, you find Public Service Act members entering into Police Act through the back door by being given the three-month crash course, where you find most of them becoming even general without having gone through the due process of formal police training. So this kind of confusion really questions the effectiveness of the SBC because there are signed agreements addressing such issues. There is Agreement 2 of 2011, which has stipulated that all Public Service Act members should be incorporated into police act. The, the non-implementation of this agreement is leading to even insult among ground members, whereby you find uh, Public Service Act members being called hussies by the Police Act members, and Public, uh, public Service Act members calling Police Act members as uneducated members. And these things should have been resolved long time ago. So we recommend that this unimplemented agreement within the SSBC must be implemented. The issue of the top heavy structure you find SAMS currently, SAMS now currently have about 36 Lieutenant General who alone cost the state an average of about, of about 72 million rand per annum in salary. And to address all these issues in short, Chairperson, uh, we propose that with the incorporation of PESAP members, which are the Public Service Act members, into the Police Act, with subs having one act, which is the police act member, we can run two parallel structures, one which is operational and one which is support. So instead of having five deputy national commissioners now that we, as we currently have, subs may have to have at least two deputy national commission, commissioners, one operating operational and one operation operating on support. That will, that will mean that we have a Lieutenant General for, oper, for, for operations, which is inclusive of all policing matters. Um, Honourable Honorable President, uh, your time is up now. Can you conclude, yes. please? Yes, Chairperson. Uh, with this proposal, what is the structure that we are proposing? The top heavy structure in SAPS will, will be reduced from 36 Lieutenant General at least to 21. That way, whereby we'll be cutting about 15 senior managers, from which around 25 million rand will be saved and be better utilized where it is needed most. But we do also support. Uh, Honorable Siabi's proposal of having more time to deliberate on this. I thank you.
Thank you very much, honorable members. Um, I'm going to allow just the deputy minister to speak now, and then that would bring us to the end of the meeting. Uh, we have five minutes before we lose our quorum. Honorable deputy minister. No, th thanks very much, Chairperson, uh, 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 and thanks to members of the committee and to, to everybody who, who, who spoke here. I, I, I think I must re-emphasize this, this point, Chair, that this survey, it's a, it's a, a, it's a product of SAPS, and we are going to use to use it to respond to the issues that it has raised. I thought it's important that uh, I must re reiterate this, uh, this, this point. And if there is an impression created that we, we don't acknowledge that, I think it's, a, it's not ourselves. We, we, we want to reaffirm that. And we, we have responded based on what uh, the findings are saying. Obviously, there might be shortcomings in, in some of the things that were violated, but definitely we are going to use it to improve our work. It's in our interest and the interest of the country to ensure that uh, SAPS functions at its optimum. And we can only do so if we acknowledge weaknesses that are there. If we deny their weaknesses, we will never get it right. I think that is what I wanted to say, Chair, but thanks very much for allowing us the opportunity to interface with the committee and the input that we got from the stakeholders that you have invited. Uh, thanks very much, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Diem. Once more, my appreciation and gratitude to the Honorable Whip uh, for emphasizing this matter and uh, for insisting that we place it on the committee agenda for discussion. I would also like to thank the uh, entire teams of the different stakeholders and unions for joining us today and for doing their presentations. We have certainly learned a lot from you today. And as we have said, once the committee um, commits itself to uh, overseeing a particular matter, we do so consistently and we do so until we have seen uh, results. So this will not be the first and the last time that you hear from us, you are certainly going to hear from us in the foreseeable future, and that will be very soon. Uh, honorable members, I would also like to inform you that um, we have requested several monthly reports from SAPS. Uh, I've looked at the number of reports which they present to us on a, a monthly basis. For now, I have taken the decision uh, because those are the reports I have requested on behalf of the committee that all reports will first be provided to us on a quarterly basis to allow SAPs to do their work. In some instances, there's very little um, movement in the reports on a month to month basis and it then just places a huge burden on SAPS to give us those reports and to process the reports. 
I've also noticed that the number of those reports have not been processed through all the channels, and it certainly hasn't been referred to the minister's office before it comes to the committee. Uh, Honorable Deputy Minister General Vuma and the other Deputy National Commissioners, I have uh, then um, allowed, um, and I am allowing and informing the committee that reports will now be presented to us on a quarterly basis. Uh, if there are certain reports which the members still want on a monthly basis, they can indicate that to me. Uh, um, if you do not indicate this to me, all reports, including the Kinnear report, will now be given to us on a quarterly basis. If you still want reports on a monthly basis, I reiterate, please send me a communication, formal indication, and uh, we will um, uh, review the decision and respond to the committee. So I'm not going to take a debate on this now. You will send me um, the, uh, um, the reports, uh, you will send me your comments and I will then assess uh, the decision and the need for monthly or quarterly reports. Um, I would also like to, on behalf of the committee, Honorable DM, convey the message to the minister that uh, the committee thanks General Dr. Zulu for their hard work on doing this survey study. Uh, it is quite a comprehensive survey. Uh, of course, they wouldn't be able to do uh, everything and touch on everything in one survey, but they have done tremendous hard work. They have really given us an opportunity to um, address the matter. They have given us a very solid uh, general, Dr. Zulu, uh, please commend your team. Uh, thank your team on our behalf because you've given us a solid basis from which to work on these matters. Uh, the committee has consistently expressed concerns. Uh, Honorable again, Honorable Shimbeni, almost each and every uh, um, member, I'm not going to single them out. Honorable Siabi, Marekwa, please, I won't. Uh, um, uh, Honorable Grunewald, I can't mention you all by name. But committee members have really been concerned about uh, the state of health of our police service and their working conditions and the conditions of employment and service. I want, would again thank you very much to the stakeholders. Thank you very much to SAPS, uh, Honorable Deputy Minister. We wish you well and our Minister well for the deliberations in the Cabinet Lahotla. And we know that uh, the minister will come back to us and give us a, a report. Um, honorable members, the minister will release the crime statistics on Friday. Um, we will have agreed that the minister will address the committee and brief the committee at eight o'clock on Friday morning. Please, I'm, uh, uh, I'm really apologizing to the members that we're changing the program uh, and, and it's really been changed at very short notice. Uh, I would also like to apologize that we are only informing you, I think we only informed you by yesterday that uh, we'll have another committee meeting on Friday. 
um, could we please, please ensure that we do attend so that we have a quorum. If I do not have quorum, a quorum, I then have to cancel and postpone um, and postpone uh, 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 and postpone these uh, uh, meetings. Uh, um, honorable members, it's General Vuma. Okay, sorry, I say General Zulu. I don't know why. My apologies, General Vuma. Uh, sorry for that. Um, please, I don't want to be accused of mistaken identity because SAPS could certainly take me to prison for that. So my apologies, uh, uh, General Vuma. Uh, I did not uh, uh, um, anticipate uh, giving the incorrect name and I sincerely apologize for this. Honorable members, uh, we'll be meeting again at 8 o'clock on Friday morning. You are all welcome to attend. And I, I do do request and kindly, kindly um, urge you to attend on Friday so that we do have a quorum and so that the minister could brief us before he releases the crime statistics. This was a request from the committee and uh, the minister is honoring the request of the committee. Uh, Diem, is this still correct uh, on Friday, for Friday? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you very much, DM. Uh, uh, we wish you well with the release of the crime stats. And uh, thank you very much for your attendance. And DM, we appreciate that you are always attending the committee meetings. Honorable members, that brings us to the end of the meeting. Good luck with today in the National Assembly. The meeting is now adjourned. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chair. Thanks, DM. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you, members. We'll do this again. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you.